And here he is, having the time of his life. This is big brain It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If I were my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head. Just slap them. They can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is a, I'm 26 years old. You know, bring your kids. I had to take off my shoes. Run. So kiss my black. I'm outraged. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. I would just reiterate that again. Our record's unacceptable, and we accept full responsibility for that. I'm a made man in this town, in this in this media. You're coming to my world. You gotta you gotta earn your way in my world. You don't just get a free pass because you were good at playing tackle in the NFL. Welcome to the XFL. I will reiterate, you do get a free pass if you are a good professional football player. I don't know what the hell Rizzo's talking about. The radio and TV's littered with ex-athletes who can barely read, and they get a free pass because they were good at sports. Yeah, I mean, what are these guys all like stellar broadcasters, just journalism's finest right there? What are we talking about? I'm not saying that about Joe Thomas. I haven't heard his show. I hear it's pretty good. I should take a listen. I probably will now because it's caught all the attention of everybody. But, dude, Rizzo's losing his mind, and I will reiterate what I said yesterday, which I think it's jealousy. I think it's guys who have been in this industry forever, back when it used to pay a lot of money, and they've seen, like, salaries get cut and all this stuff over the last 20 years, and now through podcasting, everybody in the world can do a show, and guys like him are starting to feel threatened by it because you feel like the changing of the guard coming. Now, I don't worry about podcasting. Because most of the people that host those shows ask me to be on them. And that's how I know. It's like, all right, I'm probably still doing all right in this. I don't worry about that. If you really believe that you have what it takes to make it, to survive it, you're not going to worry about the next thing coming up behind you. I don't worry about that stuff at all. But when I listen to Rizzo and I hear him freak out about Joe Thomas, I think it's because he knows that people love Browns players. I mean, I understand the concern there, especially from somebody who's a generation ahead of me in media, like or in that like realm of like, you know, hey, but like, dude, you have a podcast too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of my thought on it is like, yes, I, I, I also have a podcast, but I have a radio show as well. So now, it's like a two for one for us. That like, guy I had a serious situation happen and the cops and the community and everybody else looked the other way and you got a free pass Rizzo because you were a decent radio guy so if you're going to get a free pass over some of the things that you've done why would you think somebody with actual physical ability in a professional sport would not get a free pass I mean those guys have been getting free passes since middle school right I mean since they were like 6th 7th graders and it was like damn this kid's pretty good at football we're gonna pull I don't care he doesn't have to pass the class you don't have to do your book report. I mean, when, since the sixth grade. When was the last 
last time Joe Thomas wasn't the best football player on his field? I, I'm sh- I would assume his entire high school career he was. Had like, to be. Right? So, Had to be. So, I mean, it's been a while. Middle school? Yeah. Kiwi I mean, football? We start treating the... I mean, dude, look at Canton. Look at Maslin. Yeah. Look at, I mean, dude, we treat these people like gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get a cut, man. They get parades before the championship games in yeah, high school. Yeah, I, um, I, Tony Rizzo, you're wrong there. They totally get the hook up. So another big thing, a lot of sports days, as a matter of fact, we'll talk to Munch on sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the iHeart app. But we'll also talk to him at 7 o'clock this morning. And uh, I imagine one of the things we're going to talk to him about, and this was the big story of the day yesterday, you're going to hear us, we're going to tackle this three, four times today, is the XFL. Now, Vince, I think, had learned his lesson the last time around. Because people were asking me all night, what do you think, what do you think? And I was like, dude, i got a show to do tomorrow, I'll tell you what I think tomorrow. Right? And I think Vince learned his lesson. You would think, because he's proven to be a smart businessman. They slapped the XFL together last time. They didn't. They weren't ready. They didn't know where they were going to play. They didn't know who was going to play. They just announced it and then tried to fix it. I don't think they did that this time around. As a matter of fact, they're saying now it's 2020 before you're going to get games. They made the announcement yesterday, so I think that's probably enough time if you already know some of the staffing, if you already know some of the coaches, if you already know some of the cities where you're going to be. Now, I saw this yesterday. Get Canton a team. Guys, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Now, all right, never's probably strong, but if you want my opinion on whether or not Canton gets an XFL team, it's no. You have the Pro Football Hall of Fame here, and the Pro Football NFL is going to hate this idea. And so they're de- the only way you'd get an XFL team here in my opinion, I'm guessing here, is if the if, is if the Hall reached out and helped. But if they do that, they're going to make the NFL angry and I don't think they're risking that for Vince McMahon. Now, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the NFL Hall of Fame. And that's worth noting as we like they look are at separate. this. I mean, they are separate entities, but obviously very closely related. And the Professional Football Hall of Fame, um, they had the first XFL ball in there. And obviously that probably felt like a little bit of a novelty. And oh, a little I didn't bit, know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've done stuff with like other professional football organizations. Like is Canadian Football League stuff in there? I don't think Canadian is, and I don't think Arena is. But like if there's other major accomplishments... Like, like within like a you know professional uh, football setting, I think the I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame would still acknowledge that on some level. I think what you would have to I didn't know that. Okay, so that that has to change my opinion a little. But if it were me, what I'm thinking is is that they're going to want to see viability out of this before they wrap their arms around it and piss Goodell and the NFL off. And just I'm just guessing. All right. And so what I told my boss asked me last night, you think they're going to get a team? And I said, no. I said, Vince has come out and said it's going to be eight teams to start. Right. I think if the league ends up being successful and you start getting into expansion teams, then maybe you got Canton as an option. You're not going to start with the one eight with one of the eight. After the announcement made by Vince McMahon yesterday, Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out this picture. I'll show you right here. It's of the football from the first XFL game. And, you know, hey, we've got this in our archives, you know, okay. XFL, hashtag XFL 2020. Okay. I mean, I guess maybe I could be really wrong here. I just, I, I mean, because I would have expected more distance. Now, but it, like I said, though, I think holding on to that first XFL football to them probably felt very like there's no risk in this, dude. It's a novelty thing. Who wouldn't want to see this? Wrestling you know fans what I mean? are going to want to come it's, see and it. And it's zero. It was zero risk at that point because the XFL was dead. You know what I mean? Now that it's, hey, this could be coming back. The NFL could be in a position where where they're vulnerable right now. I think the I think the NFL or the Pro Football Hall.
Hall of Fame is going to treat a team very differently than they treat that football and a tweet associated with it. I think if you get an Ohio team, it's Columbus. I, I, that, I think that's where it goes. I think that's naturally where it goes. I was being asked last night where I think these teams go. Now, I don't know. They're being a little tight-lipped from what I understand right now. But if you were going to ask me to guess, it's going to be, look at where NBA teams are, where NFL teams are not. Also, look at where okay. big college okay. programs are, where there's no pro team. So give me a team in Portland. I feel like that makes all the sense in the world. Now, again, I have the love for Oregon having lived there, right? But Sacramento makes sense. Salt Lake City makes sense. I think you're going to – somewhere in Alabama makes sense. Look at where sports are big, and yet there's no professional franchise. I do think you're going to want to see the XFL kind of like stay away a little bit and not necessarily David and Goliath the first season out. I think they're going to want to build – and, you know, Vince has said, look, there's going to be no gimmicks. There's going to be no crossover for the WWE. And you got to wonder there, are wrestling fans not going to get enough of what they want? And are football fans still not going to get the quality football that they wants? Is this going to be able to sustain itself? It's a huge story. There's a lot of questions in it. I was very excited about it as a guy who doesn't watch wrestling at all. I think Vince has learned some of his lessons. I think it doesn't, if you, if you keep the cameras out of the dressing rooms and make it not about the cheerleaders and not, a, I mean, dude, the XFL was sleek. Like, looking back on it, it was, I mean, dude, Bob Costas wouldn't even talk about it. Was embarrassed that the network was carrying it because of how sleazy it was. I think if they learn that lesson, you have a shot here. But do I think Canton gets a franchise? No, not in the original eight. If the league is successful, you start talking expansion teams, then anything can happen. But if you get an Ohio team, I would guess that you're going to see it in Columbus. Every hour on the program, your shot at $1,000. First one is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Munch on sports. Fox Sports 1350 will do that at 7 o'clock is where you can find him normally. He'll be on loan to us, though, from the iHeart app and Fox Sports 1350 at 7. Is he already fired up going on Ready. 100? Ready. <laughs> Hit me up like 10 times. Bro, let's go now. No, man, let's do it. Seven. Homie, I'm ready. I know, bro. Dude, you've been ready since, you know, 1954 on Ham Avenue. I know. Dude, he's been, he's, he's been ready. Broadway and Ham, homie. I love that guy. I love that. I've said it to him. I mean, dude, when I started in this business, I was just Munch's assistant. That was like my only job. Right. Right? He was like one of the first guys to give me a gig. And I said it then. That guy's like twice my age, five kids, wife. Dude, he was one of the hardest working dudes I'd ever see in the industry. Munch would get in back then at like 4.30 in the morning. He would do all four morning shows in the building, work all day as the promotions director, and then go out and sell for the stations after he was done doing that. That guy would put in 15, 16-hour days on the regular and had more energy than anybody I've ever met in my life. I used to joke all the time. I'm like, dude, are you just on a perpetual 70s drip out of the nasal cavity? Like, what the (laughs) hell is happening? How the hell do you have this much energy? I mean, dude, you can't. Dude, all he does is drink coffee and eat Roman burgers. Like, I don't know. Like, how's he moving? (laughs) That's it. It's, dude, yeah, dude, like that. You open Munch up. It's basically a Sokolowski's logo in the center of his chest. And a cup of Joe in his hand. Maybe one of those metal, you know, lunch pails, as he's always talking about. Maybe one of those. But that's that guy. He's going to be all fired up. He's going to be fired up about the XFL. Right. And, dude, I got to imagine you're fired up about this. 
Kyrie Irving, yeah. it's coming out now that he was threatening knee surgery if the Cavaliers didn't trade him. That's what he was doing. Now, look, I, dude, I liked Kyrie Irving. I felt like that was my Cavalier, right? But when it came down to it, I was there was enough coming out of the story around when we had to make the move where I was like, kind of feels like Kyrie was putting you in a situation where you had to kind of get off of him. Right. Right? Like, I would have rather we didn't have to, but I feel like Kyrie was kind of putting you in a situation where you kind of had to. Now, the other day we were talking about LeBron, and I think one of the reasons is I think Kyrie especially um, got a little fel- fed up with dealing with LeBron. I think LeBron's great, but I think that there's probably a, a possibility he wears you out in the end. Now, fans always bring it up excellent points, which like, bro, you're a professional. It's kind of on you at that point. Like, if you want to win rings, you're going to have to deal with some people who are going to wear you out. Brady's yeah. going to wear you out. Belichick's yeah. going to wear you out. Saban on the college level will wear you out. LeBron in the NBA is going to wear you out. Now, if you want to win, being around those guys is a good way to win, right? So... Are you buying this story? Is this like real? Like, what the hell happened with these two that it's like you're going to threaten surgery to get away from it? And I mean, let's be real. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand there's going to be relationships at work where you're going to have issues with people. That's that's 100 percent going to happen in every in every avenue you go down. Um, but when it comes not to here, this, buddy. it's not like things were so bad that this was warranted. Sometimes it's like, dude, I get it. I get why you want to quit that job. I get why you want to quit that relationship. I get it. But, like, I mean, you tell me what was that bad about going to the finals consecutive years in a row where it's like... Again, I think that's easy for us to say, where we want to say it's nothing was that bad, but we're not there. We're not there, and we're not in their heads, so I don't know what Kyrie Irving's perspective is. is I mean, what, the guy of thinks what, the earth is flat. Of what's tolerable and what's intolerable and what it is. But, like, honestly, there's a bit of me that feels like, and don't get me wrong, as you sit here right now as a Cavaliers fan, um, very easy to have hit the panic button to said this is the biggest mistake in franchise history. Like, Kyrie's no longer on the team. You know, Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and all these dudes not working out like we expected it to. But, dude, I would much rather be sitting here than having somebody on the team who, who we were depending on as like, hey, you're one of our guys being like uh, essentially a coward. Because honestly, dude, like that, that's what it was to me. It's like, well, then uh, see, I'll tell you why it doesn't bother me is because we never saw it on the court. Kyrie always played. And at the end of the day, and I know LeBron's the one that got you there, but dude, he hit that shot. And so, like, you never saw what he was talking about. You never saw the defeatist attitude on the court. He always showed up to play. Um, Yes. Was he always... Was he always there as he was supposed to be as a teammate? Was he always there as he was supposed to be in practice? As he was, you know what I mean? Again, like, we're not there. We're for not that. there, so we don't necessarily know that. I can't. I can't. I can't buy into. Hey, I'm checked out on this, but I'm still going to give you 100. percent I question if you were truly giving that 100. percent I uh, well, I mean, the box scores show me he that that he did though, and so like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I want to see LeBron James retire. And not because I want the, not right now, this and that, but I want dudes to start to talk openly about what it was like to be with him and be in the locker room with him and be on the plane with him and do all this. And you're not going to hear those stories until he's done. And I think, and so the, I'm very interested for the end of that. I, I, I just think it, at some point, like, especially in professional sports, like you as the athletes, are going to have to understand that there's going to be relationships with coaches, with teammates, with all these different, you know, guys that you're going to be in a foxhole with, essentially. Like That's not these guys now, dude. It's not. Like, that's the problem is that we've changed how we interact with them. Like, it used to be, dude, that, yes, you used to have to do that, and it's I before, you know, there's no I in team and this and that. These guys are all raised now in AAU environments where nobody tells them they're not any good, and it's all just fun and all this stuff. There's no competition. Like, Barkley's been talking about this for three years. 
Clippers, where these guys are in NBA Finals games and they're laughing together. Which is why I'm glad that LeBron's the, the, the guy that's still on the Cavs. It's because of that mindset. It's because LeBron is the one who's demanding more. That even if even if even if I it would turns out, agree with that. Even if it turns out it didn't work out the way that like you expected it to, with like you know con- consecutive rings and oh my gosh, he beat Jordan's title run there. Fine, fine. If if we got one championship out of it, and I feel like the guy that 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 was that old school player, the guy that really wanted more out of his teammates, is the guy that's on my team. I'll take that. Now, the NBA also had their all-star selection the other day, and this just goes to show you that the NBA is the little bitch sitting next to the NFL. Like, dude, you had a huge opportunity here to put this thing on TV and make it a huge fan-centric thing, and they didn't, which was a complete and utter mistake by the NBA. Yeah, I mean, even if it, because it wouldn't have been that, like, exciting, but Oh, I disagree. I think at least do, like, something with some fanfare, like a Facebook Live video or something. (laughs) Let your fans watch it. Yeah. Let your fan. This was such a stupid. But dude, this Adam Silver guy, he's making a ton of mistakes with the NBA and nobody wants to call him out because he's super progressive and nobody wants to question it. But at the end of the day, this guy's making a ton of mistakes. And this was a huge mistake. If you don't know, LeBron ended up picking Kyrie Irving as his point guard. He also got Kevin Love as a reserve. So there would have been a ton of stories in that. And he's also now got Kevin Durant on his team. Now, Steph was the other captain. So now Steph and KD are going to be on opposing teams for the NBA All-Star Game. How is that not something people would want to see on television? Like, this was a huge PR mistake. Huge. But nobody's going to question Silver, though, dude, because he's just, I mean, he's so inclusive and he's all these things. Where at the end of the day, dude, this guy's making tons of mistakes with this league, and it's no wonder they don't make the money the NFL does. You know who agrees with you on this point? LeBron James. LeBron James, LeBron James tweeted out, was like, dude, this should have been televised, which I can't believe they didn't consult the player. Dude, this is the guy that consults the players over everything else they do, and he didn't consult the players on this? It, it, just, it is. I mean, like, and like I said, even if it wasn't going to be like, hey, primetime TV where, you know, you know, NBC at eight o'clock, fine, but do, do it on a, Twitch. Do, do a Facebook Live video right. where everyone is, and like, then at least at that point, you can sh- you can flex your social media muscle. You can get it to that worldwide audience. Yeah, I mean, dude, definitely money left. I on mean, the table. that that was. Now, I want to see this game. I know a lot of people didn't like this format when they first announced it. Like, you know, guys from the Western and Eastern Conference can play together on the All Star team, but the All Star games don't matter. And I will give the NBA this, is that the NFL's been rigid about their game. Nope, we're going to continue doing it when we do it, and we're gonna, it's going to continue. Where the NBA realizes, like, dude, nobody plays defense in this thing anymore, so we got like, to give you a reason to watch it, and this was a great reason to watch it. I like the format, and it's going to be, I think, fun for fans to watch Kyrie Irving and LeBron play together once again. Now, so obviously there's, although it's one game, like, there can't be a ton of like, it can't be hatred here, right? I, I think... Plenty of good point guards. Yes. Oh, I mean... He For an all-star game. Right. And he very well, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's not like you're picking a team to run with and you're just picking who you genuinely think is best. No, you easily could have, you know, put yourself in a, in a situation where Kyrie wasn't on your team by not picking him. Um, I think sometimes, and I think we're all guilty of this, but we put these narratives on teams, on players that we want to buy into, that we want to like, oh, these guys hate each other. Obviously they don't. Like, obviously, if LeBron genuinely hated this dude, and this was like a real, like, personal issue, you wouldn't have done that. I was almost surprised LeBron didn't pick him, so it was part of the narrative to build the stories to make people want to watch this more. So I, I, I just can't. 
I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think these guys aren't best friends. I think these guys by both hold some resentment towards the other one, but I don't think it's really what we've all painted it out to be in our mind. Westbrook and, and – because, and, dude, LeBron picked him too. So now you got Westbrook and KD on the same All-Star game. The all, all-star team. Like, dude, there's stuff to see. Why did we not get to see this? Like, this, I want to see this guy. I, I, dude, I wish they were tipping this game off tonight. I would watch this game tonight. I've never been more excited to watch an NBA All-Star game, maybe, except for the year they were in Vegas, because it was in Vegas and teams don't normally go there and this and that. But this, I've never been more excited about an NBA All-Star game. I just feel like their commissioner just dropped the ball on this whole thing. We'll find out what Munch thinks, 7 o'clock on the program. Also, your shot at $1,000 will be at 710 on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. Coming up at 8.30, we'll pass out a pair of tickets to check out Queensryche, May 4th. They're playing the Hard Rock Roxino. Northfield Park will give you those at 8.30. Fantone's going to be out tomorrow, opening up a brand new Speedway. Where's that at? Uh, over by Glen Oak High School, right at the corner of Middle Branch and Easton. Uh, it is the new Speedway. Uh, so they're going to be hooking it up with a ton of great stuff, including, from what I've heard, discounts at the pump. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, really? Man, you know, cheap gasoline. Dude, take my car tomorrow. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, you know, you got the Speedy Rewards card. Uh, they're going to be hooking it up via that. And uh, tomorrow, I found out yesterday, I will be getting people hooked up with a VIP Canton Charge package for the mm. game set. Saturday night. So essentially what that'll be is you, three of your buddies, or, you know, your family, whatever you want to bring with you, and uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, like courtside seats and all that stuff. So uh, stop on out tomorrow, 11 to 1, the brand new Speedway, the corner of Middle Branch in Easton. All right. I uh, I quit my job. <laughs> all right. Stansbury's no, I'm, done I, with it. I'm quitting right now on Stansbury's there. okay. I've been... Back and forth in my mind, I've been contemplating it for about a year and a half. Uh, the fire in the belly of doing programs is, is um, I, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's been extinguished, but um, it's definitely drizzling on it. And <laughs> okay. uh, uh, you know what I mean? I feel like the fire alarm almost has it out. I was going to say this is the first time I think in your belly anything's ever been extinguished, but all right, this is it. Yeah, dick. I, uh, <laughs> um, it's, but it, it, it's, it, this has been a long time coming. Okay. And I just feel like I've just kind of hit the point where it's like, you know what, dude, enough is enough, and I'm done. And I've been waiting for a sign to, to push me out. And before I go all Rizzo and start threatening future broadcasters and all those things, I just feel like what I should do is step away gracefully. Right. And I have now seen the sign. <laughs> Stepping away gracefully. He's done nothing in his career gracefully all of a sudden. But I'm going to exit stage right. But I feel as if I've been asking for a sign and I've been shown it. Okay? There is a quick service chain known the world round as in and out and if you've ever lived mostly on the West Coast is where they are here. And uh, if you've ever lived on the West Coast, you know In-N-Out, and you probably love In-N-Out, as it's delicious. In-N-Out is very, very, very good. There's no denying it. When you go to the West Coast, whatever takes you out there, go eat it. You gotta get it. Um, I feel like there's a lot of hype to it, and when you bite into it, you're gonna be like, yeah, it's a good fast food burger. It's not gonna give you an orgasm, in my opinion. Right? I, um... Okay, like out of all the stuff, like, okay, what's better, In-N-Out or Jack-in-the-Box? In-N-Out, mm, In-N-Out. In in out. The burger's definitely yeah. better. Jack-in-the-Box has a lot of cool stuff on the menu, though. Yeah, Jack-in-the-Box. I mean, you can get the, you can get the tacos there. Right, you get a lot of right, that right, 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 right. Um, but I, if you ask me, I would rather have In-N-Out. Yeah. And the reason why I'm going to step away from this is because apparently, dude, you could become a manager for In-N-Out right. 
and they're making $160,000 per year on average. Damn. They say the call favorite fast food chain sees its store managers earning $160,000 on average. I don't even want to begin to tell you how much more money that is than what I make. A lot more money. Which is crazy. Um, so, and when you say on average, I mean, like, because to me, it was like, all right, if one of these guys, you know, manages the busiest in and out in the country and, you know, he has great turnover, no turnover rate and great food profit or, you know, margins, he's taking care of all that, then maybe bonuses. But if these people are averaging 160, that's impressive. That's pretty that's impressive. That's crazy. In and out workers can start at $13 an hour. Now, minimum wage in Cali right now is 11 So they're already paying you more than what the minimum wage in California is to start. Okay, now that's just if you're just going to go work there. Now, you can work your way up to $160,000-ish salary is what they say without a college degree. Managers oversee only one location and ultimately become responsible for all aspects of the restaurant, from employee training to the cleanliness of the countertops and all that stuff. Right. Now, they say it's no cakewalk, all right? It's, they say here, the job listing, fast-paced environment, very hard work, and no shortcuts. Now, I think every job in America is probably harder than your initial thought process of it being. I can give you, for an example, my job. The amount of people that I meet that are convinced that my job's so easy that anybody can do it would blow you over. And what I always say is, if I've made it sound easy enough to where you think your neighbor can do it, that's a testament to me being good at it, not the fact that the job's easy. Yeah, I mean, you do, you throw a microphone or a camera on a lot of people, and all of a sudden, what's like, what's like, hey, right I'm, the fu- I'm the funniest person in the world. Like, Free, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen a million talented comedians come in here and not be able to do it. And I think even with jobs that uh, are relatively like mundane or easy, you know, like the concept of it is, like, sometimes to be good at that job, it's like, yeah, you can get the general gist of something in 10 minutes. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be, you know, like, yes, anybody can be trained to be an in-and-out cashier, but, like, if you put somebody in there and just, like, hey, go do this, they're going to suck at it. Like, yeah, I feel like I could rise, I could work my way to the management position in, in, in a quick service restaurant pretty fast. Yeah. Right. I right. mean, I feel, like I, I feel like I have that. I feel like I can reach that height. Now, I will say that it, you don't normally see these in this part of the country. And um, when I go to Nevada, when I go visit my brother, they have in and out everywhere, right? Why? Why don't they come east? Uh, I know it was Jack in the Bronx had some problems here back in the day where somebody got sick. I think right. it was. That was like the forever and a day ago. Yeah. I don't know if in and out was ever here. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. And I understand maybe you don't want to like exclusiveness as a part of your brand. But like, dude, go to the East Coast. Go to New York. Go to Boston, right? You like, would think. I mean, some uh, of the Chicago, bigger cities. Right. It's really weird. But so the cost of living in Nevada, in Las Vegas, where my brother lives, Las Vegas, it's higher than it is here. Okay. So I know people are going to say, yeah, but I got to live in California in 100. Dude, I don't care where you live. 160 is enough to do it. Now, is it going to be the same as making $160,000 in Canton, Ohio? No. You make $160,000 a year here, you're like loaded here. W- worth noting, too, that like we all say California and you automatically think Los Angeles. We're like, yes. I mean, the cost of living there is through the roof. There's parts of California that aren't necessarily Los Angeles. More expensive than living in Canton? Of course. Not yeah. denying that, but not as expensive as living in like, you know, like Sac- LA. Like Sacramento would right. be a great, would be a great, um, uh, like, 
a great example of what it is you're talking about. A lot more money than living in like Cleveland or Canton or Columbus, but a lot less than living in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I mean, there's the you know there's the entire inland of California that's kind of like that, where they're not necessarily you know it, it it's just not it's just not that stereotype of 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 what we all think when we say California. I don't I I don't understand this because I have always been one of these people. That is said that one of the problems I have with raising everybody's minimum wage automatically tomorrow is, is that the pricing of everything is going to skyrocket, right? And I believe that that would happen. However, this kind of flies in the face of that. Because when you go to In-N-Out, now are the prices different than like Jack in the Box or Taco Bell or whatever? Yeah, maybe here or there. But it's going to In-N-Out doesn't feel like, God, this is so much more money than like another quick service restaurant, that this is why, right? Like I've never left in and out going, oh my God, like why was this so much money? Right. So how are they able to do this while keeping the price point for the double cheeseburger edible style at the same like sort of price rate as everybody else? How are they doing that? I mean, maybe they're looking at it and this is, I don't know, I mean, I can't speak for, you know, in and outs corporate, you know, thoughts here, but like maybe they're looking at it from the perspective of long-term growth is better than short-term highs where it's like, yeah, man, I can cut, I can cut wages down to bare bones and get crappy employees to come in and out and they'll make crappy food and have crappy lives. Or I can give people, you know, a, a decent salary and hopefully he will be, as they said in the article, you know, as he's the person who sets the tone for the entire restaurant from the top to the bottom, every detail of it, hopefully having somebody who's got a decent life and happy to be at work and proud of where he is, like, hopefully that'll make our restaurant's long-term success. in and out Vice President of Operations Danny Warnick told the uh, the newspaper that quality service requires quality employees with quality pay, a vision of the company's founders, Harry and Esther Snyder. Paying our associates well was just one way to help maintain that focus, and those beliefs remain firmly in place with us today. Now, what I will say is, is that turnover rate in quick service restaurants, I got to imagine is pretty high. Yeah. I don't know, but I got to imagine turnover rate's going to be pretty high. So if you at least then make the management positions attractive, that what that that I can train counter people, fry people, the burger cooks faster than I could train somebody that I can trust to have safe codes and like all this stuff. If I if I only have to hire two managers and I only got to do it once every five, ten years because I'm paying them right, I'm not so worried about the turnover rate over the front counter people. So maybe I could see that. But again, willingly paying people $2 more than what the minimum wage already is in California. I mean, that's for a company like that's pretty good. Like, honestly, like that's as a guy who worries about what, you know, upending the, you know, the minimum wage of all people throughout the country, what it could do. I have to tip my cap to in and out here as a guy who loves their food. It's kind of cool to be able to see people taking care of the people who work for them, too. I like, I, you know, I like that kind of goes hand in hand. You're not going to make one hundred and sixty thousand dollars at your job today. Most of you probably aren't. Don't worry. We are going to give you some money. It's only a thousand, but you're getting it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. No. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We also have $1,000 for you. 710s, we're going to give you that. However, before, as we do it every Friday at 7 o'clock, we're joined by my good buddy, first boss in the radio business I ever had, Mark Munch Bishop, on loan from Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, there's so much to talk to, or about, I should say. There's so much to talk to you about that uh, I want to start on a positive note, if I can. 
And then, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's negative today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got some negative. But Okay, you may. Our, uh, our boy Jim Tomey, now a member of Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, I love Tomey, and he looks like a baseball player to me. Like, if you said, draw a baseball player, Jim Tomey's probably what I'm going to draw. But there, are, <laughs> but there are people making the argument that Omar Vizquel should have been in Cooperstown before Jim Tomey. Are they right or wrong? Oh, absolutely freaking wrong, okay. Dan. And don't get me wrong. Omar will be there. But for people to think that, number one, it's not just chicks that dig the long ball. We dig the long ball. Am I right? That's fair. 612 home runs. Think about that. Dude, a 950 OPS. I don't want to get you know too many numbers just that. But that is, of course, your slugging percentage, uh, your on-base percentage. If you have 850... You're okay. Wow, very, very good. More walk-off home runs than anyone. That's money. That's cashish, okay? And Jim Tomey did it on his own. Did it as the Indians called him, country strong. No, no, man. You know, 612 jumps out at you. Now, I knew Omar wouldn't get in the first time around because he's a leather man. But look at that batting average. When he came over to the Indians, he made a concerted effort to hit better, and he certainly did. But, guys, you cannot add it to his batting average. But since there's stats for everything these days, okay, there should be one for Omar because he saved 50 to 20 games a year with his glove. Right. Think about that. So that's you know, a percentage there, too. But no, no way, shape, or form is a glove guy. It's being compared to Ozzie Smith and people like that. Omar might have been better than Ozzy because Ozzy did the black backflip on the field. No, no way, shape, or form was Omar getting their first ballot. 37% of the votes was unfreaking believable. It was great for Omar. He'll be in maybe not next year. I can guarantee you his third time. Nice. I, uh, I would agree that, that, that you're probably going to get in with offensive production before you will defensive stops. I just think that's we put a premium on scoring on offense in all sports. Oh, dude, you know, think about this. Why did the NFL loosen up the standards right. with DBs, you know, chucking receivers? You go, why are guys allowed to travel in the NBA? That's not just LeBron. Jeff Teague freaking travels. The point guard of Minnesota, he's making a living out of it. They want to score. You want to see runs. Although, you know what? I'd like to see him, too. But to me, a baseball game on occasion, a one nothing where the guys are carrying the lumber back to the dugout, you get one of those mixed in every couple of games. Bro, I'll tell you something. I'm in heaven. Yeah, dude, you know, there's just no, there's just no denying Jim Tomey was 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 where he was needed Huge. to be, and you, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't question that. Um, a lot of stuff happening with the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, Munch, and, you know, some good, some bad, mostly bad, I feel like at this point. Yeah. Yesterday it all came out that Kyrie Irving uh, essentially held the Cavaliers hostage um, and threatened to have a knee surgery during the middle of this season had he not been traded. What are your thoughts on that? What is that say about where the Cavaliers stand today? Well, bro, number one, and people are getting on me big, big time. Oh, my gosh, you know, it's uh, you know, Uncle Drew and all this stuff. No, you know what? He has been Kai me since day one. Since day one, his dad is that behind the bench. Get him the ball, get him the ball, get him the ball. Well, when it was his team, they didn't do a hell of a lot, and they had young talent. Don't get me wrong. Kyrie is the best one-on-one player in the NBA. I will always thank him cordially for his shot, okay, on down the line. But think about this. The guy who's telling us the world is flat and Christmas is not a holiday, it ties right in with his thinking. But, guys, that is dastardly. But here's something else, though. The Cavs could have drawn a line in saying this is not 
you know, imperative to have done right now. If it was, how's he playing now for the Celtics, okay? Right. Is that if you want to have it done, we will have our doctors do it after the season. You will play here, and if you refuse to play, then you'll be suspended without pay for detrimental conduct. Yeah, the Cavs went real, real easy on him, but he's showing his true colors. He's showing why he is Kai me. Think about that. A surgery that wasn't 100% needed at this time, I'm going to get cut and do it anyway, so I won't play. Guys, you know what, man? That's a punk. And that's P-O-N-K, punk. It sounds cancerish. I can't lie. In the locker room is what I mean. It sounds cancerous for, yeah. for a locker room. I can't deny that. I was always a Kyrie fan. I believe in his oh, talent. I was too. I believe in his talent. But I, I, I have to agree with you much that, that that's probably not the best way for an adult to handle their business. Also... Another version of adult not not handling their business all that well. I got, dude, this thing with Rizzo and Joe Thomas, I mean, it's just weird, right? Like, what the hell's going on with that? Well, you know, when someone loves themselves, and it's a, a, another version of Kaimi only in media, that's all I'm going to say to it, because he's always been very, very good to me. When my wife had cancer, he was one of the guys that checked it out more than anything else. But you know what? Some people are afraid of other people getting bigger than them. I welcome it, man. You know what? And I look at you and Fantone, and I'm going, my God, I love that guy. You know, I love that kid. This show is freaking great. People have called me before. So, you know, I listen to you. I don't listen to somebody else. I'll say, why? It's a good show. Yeah, you know, that's all that is. It's jealousy. He's he's intimidated. And when it's everything that revolves around you is that, wow, there's somebody else they're talking about more than me, 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 me. That's all it is, bro. Thank you. I don't hesitate to say that. I that's I that's what I said yesterday is that, is that it feels to me like somebody feels threatened, and I think that that's why you heard the quote. He's coming into my world now, baby, and it's like, yeah, dude, that's what you're worried about. You're worried about the fact that these athletes can have podcasts now and are bigger stars while they're playing and are going to be bigger stars than you when you're not. And in the end of the day, like I've been saying, like podcasting has obviously affected our business, right? There there are guys that do podcasts and it's it's pulled listeners away. But if you believe in your ability then you don't worry about this kind of stuff. Like, I believe in your ability, Munch, and I obviously believe in mine, and so and I believe in Fantone's ability, so I think guys like us are always going to be okay because you're always going to need people that are talented, whether there's podcasting, radio, no matter what it is, and I think what you're seeing there is is guys who are worried about the changing of the guard and feeling like the business might leave them in the dust, and I think you saw a little bit of that come out via some of the stuff he had to say. Now, the big story of the day yesterday, Munch. Yes, sir. That, that dwarfs Joe Thomas and, and Tony Rizzo is, <laughs> is we're going to see the return of the XFL in 2020. And I'm interested as a hardcore sports fan. And again, catch Munch weekdays at three Fox sports, 1350 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app Munch. How do you feel? How do you feel about the XFL homie? Okay. Number one, I was totally like, Oh my God, this freaking thing is coming back. But number two, it's entertainment. Please don't call it football, okay? It's entertainment using football as a medium. Now, I started thinking about it more and more. Guys, you're going to love this because, you know, the bunch on Ohio Sports Network reaches about a third of the Northeast Ohio State. Yeah, right, I got a call. Go figure. Cat named Vinny from Youngstown, okay? That goes hand in hand. And he said, Munch, think about this. Jobs, excitement on down the Ooh, line. Yeah. And I'm thinking where you could play it, guys. You know, my son played for Ignatius, played at Byers Field. What a great high school stadium. But if you're going to have pros, you know, they're not going to play in First Energy Stadium. The NFL's not going to let them play at the Hall of Fame, which would be phenomenal. How about Stambaugh, where the, where the Penguins play? So once I started thinking about it more and more, I said, okay, jobs, 
economy, on down the line, some more excitement. I say bring it and let it go. However, if Vince McMahon is saying, you know, no political views from any of the players are here to entertain and play, none with a record, then I hear chairs around it. He goes, well, maybe we'll bring Johnny Manziel in. And if that's the case, A, I want to take a shower with a wire brush just saying the little <laughs> punk's name, okay? But number two, it's like, hold on, the guy beats women. You're going to make him the face of your thing, and guys, you know what that does for me. So on one hand, totally against it when I first heard about it. Then I'm turning around saying, this is pretty dang cool. Let's find the right place for it, if indeed Northeast Ohio is a spot it should be, where the, the home and the birthplace of football. And guys, i got to ask you this. Remember he hate me, Rod Smart, from the oh, XFL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a quick one, so you may not be able to give you it right away. But if you could put your own name on the back of your jersey, what would it be? I'm such an egomaniac, Munch. It's got to be my last name. I'm such an egomaniac. It needs to be. No, dude, tell people exactly who I am. I want them to that's hate okay. me so much, they have to use my real name. That's how much they hate me. That's okay. What you know you, what? I, I, you know, I'm thinking for me, maybe like Lee Harvard or Slavic Village, something like that. Yeah, I, I was going to say 53rd. And ha- just make your number 53rd. <laughs> and have, there you go. And 3412 East 53rd. Broadway <laughs> Avenue on the back of it there. Fanto, what's going to be on the back of your jersey? I don't buddy? know, man. Honestly, I, uh, I, I'm going to have I'm gonna have to do an XFL, you know, a, a rundown. I gotta look at what, what. I mean, I remember he hate me. I don't remember any of the other ones. No, like, that's that the was, one that stood that out. That was the yeah. one that stood yeah. out. So. Yeah, because he was so good on the mic when they were like going down the line. But I hear Vincent, they're not gonna do a lot of that kind of stuff. They're gonna keep the gimmicks out of it. Now, I never thought the jobs angle. I never thought about that. But what a good angle. Now, I don't think you'll see a team here in Canton much because I don't think the Hall is gonna run to really step on the no. NFL's toes. Oh, they're not gonna allow no, it. No, I, I don't. I don't see it. Where I see this working is Portland. Oregon, where you have a basketball team but no football team. Sacramento, where there's an NBA team, no NFL team. I think you're going to see them in a lot of places Memphis, like that. Birmingham, something like that. Memphis, yeah, a little closer to where Alabama, where you see huge college programs where there's no NFL teams, too. I think those are going to be the business models. No, we don't know. There's only eight teams. Now, what I've said about Ohio is I think you could have an Ohio team, and Canton may get a team, but not in the original eight. I feel like if we get into expansion teams, then maybe. I feel like, now you brought up an interesting thing with Youngstown. For me, it's Columbus. Like, that's, that's the budding Ohio City. You got Ohio State there, so football fans are down there already, obviously. To me, it feels like Columbus is the natural selection point. Now, you can walk on water in Columbus. I've been down. <laughs> I, no, seriously. Dude, he, Munch can. I've been to an Ohio State game with Munch. You think you're hot? Dude, you go find me a media guy that'll get swarmed more than Munch at the shoe. I'm telling you, you'll never see anything like it. They love, Thank you, Dan. They love him down there. He's a re- Munch is a religion in Columbus. Do you, he is, dude. I'm telling you. Do you, think, do you think Ohio State fans would wrap their arms around it? You know what? I do not, to be blunt with you, because I, I've seen you know other things come through there. And here's something else. Is, you know, you're going to play in, what, a 106,000-seat stadium. Too big. And, and the bottom line is yeah. this is that, you know what, if, what are you going to get, 20,000, 30,000 people? Now, let me take a step back. If the roster was loaded with Buckeye players who just didn't make the NFL, then that's another story. Guys, you know what? Great take. I could sell, Great you know, if I played through, uh, you know, three years for the Buckeyes without a team, four years, and made some tackles, made catch some passes. I could sell muffins on the street corner at Broad and High and have a million-dollar house in Upper Arlington. That's that, that's absolutely true. That's Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, have a great weekend, buddy.
Love you guys. Thanks. I love that dude, man. He just is, dude, as a guy who didn't want to do my job today, that guy just makes me <laughs> like, dude, I better go get after it because Munch is listening. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for the Wakeham Auto Family. You can find them online at Wakeham.com. That website is spelled W-A-I-K-E-M.com. Now I'll always tell you that the best place to find Wakeham is up on the Wakeham Auto Mile. That's at West Huskin Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. And right now, you want to stop by the Wakeham Kia store. They're offering you 0% financing and no payments for 90 days on the Kia Sorento, the Kia Sportage, and both have all-wheel drive. You test drive any new Kia on the Wakeham Auto Mile, and you get two free cabs tickets. Your new Kia also will come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty on every new Kia sold at Wakeham. You're getting a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, meaning you get peace of mind for the next 10 years on your purchase. Test drive a new Kia on the Wakeham Auto Mile, and you're getting two free Cavs tickets. That deal ends at the end of the month. Only a few days left on that. Stop by and check out the new Kia Rios for under $12,000. Again, you can see them online at Wakeham.com or in person on the Wakeham Auto Mile. Head up to Wakeham Kia. Do what I did. Save the Wakeham way. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, our good buddy... Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp will stop by the studio. He's bringing a couple of guests with him as well as uh, they're doing a Project Believe anti-bullying event. It's a free event to bring all communities together. It will be February the 8th at the Canton Palace Theater. You can get your free tickets, limit 10 per person, at the Canton Palace Theater. And their box office, if I'm reading this right, is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. I believe Lamar's going to bring some tickets that we can give out. But uh, they're looking to do some anti-bullying messaging in the community as we're seeing more and more of this, and especially with some of the things that you've seen going on in Perry. I don't know for sure that that led to it, but I would have to imagine it's at least been a component. Yeah. Right? I don't think it's crazy to think that that's been a component of that. And so we'll let uh, Lamar Sharp come in and tell us some of the dangers of it. I know he's bringing Alex Simon in, and dude, he's the man. Like, he's one of those dudes in Canton. I'm like, dude, you're so cool. Like, he's on the Q-Sticks. He's that dude. Like... Real big fan of that guy. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know these other two guys. Looks like Chris Downing, Alec Wayne, and um, Lamar Sharp himself. We're big Lamar fans. Now, I got to wonder if Lamar Sharp's going to look to quit his job on the Canton Police Why is that? Force. Bro, he played college football. Oh, yeah. If you don't think he's thinking maybe XFL career, <laughs> I mean, right? It's a big dude. He is a big dude. Like, I'm a large human being. Yeah. And when I stand next to Lamar Sharp, I feel like a child. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, and it's just like so much mass. Is he taller than you? No, but he's bigger than me. And like in every capacity, just See, like a larger man than I That's what's crazy. Is because <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Fantone's 6'7". Like that's tall. Like not that many people in the world are that tall, right? But when you stand next to him, even though you're taller, I feel like he's bigger, taller than you because of the mass. Yeah, I mean, he has like a gravitational pull to him. The dude is his own planet. He's giant. So yeah, yeah I, I, dude, I tell people all the time, like, dude, you want to run from a cop? Pick one of the white fat ones, dude. Like, I'm not sure I'm running from that dude, man. He puts that body on you, and I don't think you're gonna like it at all. I think you're gonna hate it a lot. I'll go with one of the donut eaters. I'd run from a cop that looked like me, maybe. I don't know about Lamar. That dude's in shape, man. All right, so I heard about this, and I have to take my hat off to the adult video news, the AVNs. Okay. 
they're doing something right. All right. And I feel like the rest of Hollywood could learn a little lesson here. All right. We've heard now, well, James Franco's not going to show up at this and that. Nobody's being banned from these award shows over allegations. Where the AVNs has told Ron Jeremy, bro, stay away. We don't want nothing to do with you. Wow. Now, part of the reason, and for those of you that don't know, Ron Jeremy has been accused over the last, like, what, two years? It's been where there's been some stories coming out about some of these porn actors where Ron Jeremy has been accused of being a groper. Okay, touching people inappropriately in, in press photos and, um, you know, touching women inappropriately who want to meet him. And I remember we hosted once upon a time, this was a long, long time ago, 10 years plus, where we hosted Ron Jeremy's comedy show. And it was at a strip club in like the west side of Cleveland. And the line of women wrapped around that building to meet that guy would have blown you away. For, for To meet an ugly dude like that, I right. mean, it was almost crazy, right? But he's built the, I mean, dude, he's the hedgehog. Yeah, I mean, he's got a cult following, no doubt about it. And I think when pornography was still very taboo um, and really not as available as it is now, I'm sure a lot of women of a certain age were like, well, that was the only dude in porn. And if you were going to consume porn at all, you know, as a, as a woman in the 80s and 90s, like, you were going to see Ron Jeremy. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like the golden it's like the golden sex toy got passed from John Holmes right, right to John right, right, right to right, Ron Jeremy, right. right? And there's been rape allegations on Ron. Now he denies any of those, right? He denies that there's been rape. Now a lot of women have said about him and James Dean as another male porn star that's kind of had this happen where they'll be in the middle of filming, a woman will say stop and they won't. Now again, you're I mean dude it, no matter what the scenario is I'm always going to tell you this a woman says stop you have got to listen to her there. I yeah. don't care if you're paying her for a performance. I don't care if you're having sex after you've both been drunk or whatever. That word stop or no comes out. That's on you to be the to be the adult and stop right there. Yes. Okay? That's I do that's where I'm going to be on that, right? As for the charges of groping, Ron Jeremy says, "I am a groper." He told he told the AVNs, "Look, I am a groper." I get paid to show up to these shows, these events, and photo shoots, and touch the people, and they touch me. Jeremy's admission of sexual misconduct violated the event's zero-tolerance harassment policy, which has been in effect since January 1st of last year. The Code of Conduct must be signed by all of the event's attendees and prohibits disrespectful and non-consensual behavior, including physical assault, stalking, and any unwelcome physical contact. The policy they say is in place to protect everyone in attendance, male and female, who attend the show. It's just important to create an environment for everyone to feel safe, and I would agree with that. Having been to the AVNs and broadcasted from there and done all that stuff, the AVNs actually do a really good job. I know when you you hear adult video news, you just think it's going to be the smuttiest, low-rent thing you can get your hands on, but in all seriousness, they take it very, very seriously. Yeah, production like, value and stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, the women are in real serious ball gowns, the guys are in, in, in nice suits. Like, they understand that nobody else takes them seriously, so they have to take themselves seriously for their award show. It's actually a better event than what people think it is. I, I think um, the AVNs and pornographers in general, uh, you got to give them a little tip of the hat here in the sense of they have they know they have to uphold their own standards there and if all of a sudden porn is 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 viewed as like hey these women are being exploited they're victims here and all this you know they've got to be ahead of that message so by doing stuff like this and putting in like no just because we're you know porn actors doesn't mean you get to go around and just grab people and that's understandable just yes. because you're a porn star doesn't mean that you consent 
to everything. It, well, I mean, uh, the rock's an action star, but if I throw him off a building, I'm right. going to be sent to jail. Right, exactly. I mean, like, just because somebody, and that's, I mean, you can apply that into any sex work trade, where whether just because you're a hooker doesn't can be mean, ranked. right, doesn't mean that you consent to everything. Just because you're a stripper doesn't mean you just, yes, anybody can do anything they want to me. Dude, the world, our, our country has, has gone and really weird loops with sexuality in my lifetime. Like, I remember, now, I don't know if this was ever really accepted in my lifetime, but you used to hear the theory when I was a kid that you can't rape your wife. Oh, yeah. Which is insanity. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course you can rape your wife. No, I think there's plenty Not, of- no, Wait, hold on. I don't want anybody walking away saying you should be- I'm saying it, that, that, yes, just because she's your wife doesn't mean you get sex from her whenever you want it. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm willing to bet that that is more common. Rapes like that are more common than probably like the violent take you behind a dumpster and rape you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. like, I think that's a very common thing that, you know, just because I've How had sex- Because I've had sex with this person- for the last 20 years, I can do whatever I want. I, I think that happens for sure. I would have a regular. I would imagine it happens. I would even say, right, you think more than like forceful, like I don't know you. Um, like just ran- well, maybe more than random rape. Right, just grabbing you and taking you behind the dumpster. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do think that. I mean, aren't the statistics that mostly women know their attacker? Mostly is from what I know. And I mean, like, we're running on internet statistics here that we're pulling out of our ass, but like, as I've not, always heard that. As not being an expert on things, that's what I heard, and I wouldn't be surprised to find that out at all. And I think, but the thing, you know what might prevent that from being true or, or finding that out is because most women aren't going to report that. Most women know that, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, call Nobody's going to believe me. I'm going to call the cops. Either nobody's going to believe me or I can't do that to him. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's probably very common. I knew a girl once, and I won't give you her name, but she danced. And um, she had two different scenarios. I'll give you both scenarios. She once had a guy who was a prominent member of the community, um, was a physician and a specialist. Okay. We're talking about a, a well educated, really well compensated professional in the community who would not pay her to dance, but would come in there, pay her money, and then just unload his drama on her, use her as a therapist, had told her that he had been raping his daughter Jesus, for five years, and the guilt was overtaking him, and he had to get it off his chest, but he knew he couldn't tell anybody else, so he's paying her. She went to management, and they told her, you're a stripper, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to you. Okay, so then same girl gets assaulted while working and was told you're a stripper. Nobody's going to believe that you didn't want this or that you didn't do something to bring this on. That is crazy. Yeah, both I mean, those things are crazy. Sex workers and whatever you think of them, I mean, at the end of the day, they're people. <laughs> right. <laughs> at the end of the day, that's a human. There. Right. Right. I just this going back to this AVN things. I don't mean to get totally sidetracked here, but I I find it strange that the AVNs, the business that is dealing with sex on film, is handling sexual assault in a better fashion as far as excommunicating them actors from their award shows than Hollywood is. Than Hollywood, than DC, than you know what I'm than saying? Anywhere. Like right, than the church. Like we always want to look down our nose at the <laughs> at the at the evil pornographers. It's gonna ruin everything. Meanwhile, their standards are higher than the rest of ours. 
it just seems crazy to me. We have Canton Charge tickets. Let's get somebody hooked up here. Caller 17-1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sandsbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9 online for WRQK.com. 8.30, we'll pass out those Queens Rake tickets. 8.10, though, you're getting hooked up with $1,000. And again, I'll say this time and time again. There is no rule that says you're not allowed to buy me golf clubs when you win that money. Now, there's probably a rule of me trying to persuade you into buying me golf clubs, and I didn't read it. No, I was going to say, you don't read any. I didn't read it. What, you read the rules? I didn't read it. The amount of times my boss said to me, or says to me during the week, ah, obviously checking your, your corporate email, huh? I'm like, well, dude, you're the only one that emails me in there, and I don't care about anything you say. He gets really mad about that. I would assume so. Yeah, he does not like that. Safe bet. Pantone's opening up a brand new Speedway tomorrow. I mean, he's not actually doing it, but he'll uh, I might. He'll be on hand opening up the new Speedway. Where's that? I've been saving my speedy reward points for a long, long time, and you know what? Maybe maybe I am the new owner and proprietor of a Speedway, uh, but Middle Branch and Easton, I will be there from 11 to 1. Uh, Speedway getting it hooked up with a ton of great rewards and prizes and stuff like that. Um, I will be getting people hooked up with Canton Charge tickets, and one lucky winner walking away with a Canton Charge VIP experience, which will be tomorrow night. You'll get courtside seats. You'll get all you can eat, all you can drink. Four tickets to that. Uh, so 11 to 1, uh, New Speedway, Middle Branch, and Easton. I'll see you guys there. Remind me before I leave today, yeah. I have a I have a very select few Ooh. show stickers left. Ooh. And I will send them with you tomorrow so we can get people hooked up with those. I will uh, I will only give them to real fans, though. You're going to have to answer some Stansberry Show trivia or something like that. I'm not just giving them out to everybody. I mean, I hear he's fat. Here's your sticker. <laughs> so fat, dude. So fat. I mean, dude, apparently he wants ribs, right? I mean, ribs. Dude, you had me thinking about that yesterday because you called me out on it. Like, every once in a while, I'll get something, like, on the brain. Mm-hmm. And when I start talking about, like, certain things, I'll, I'll, like, bring it back. And I had. I must have said ribs 300 times on the show this week. And Fanta was like, dude, you've got ribs on the brain. And I've been, like, racking my mind every single day. Of where, like, dude, today's Friday, so I kind of feel like it's rib day. (laughs) I do. I I do. I feel like it's rib day. I feel like I've been good all week, and I'm giving myself an extra Christmas. And it's, dude, it's just, dude, it's a barbecue sauce holiday, and your boy's excited. Now, I'm having lunch with with a friend around noon or whatever, so probably won't be that. But, like, dude, where should I get these ribs? Dude, and honestly, it's a tough call because in Canton and Stark County, there's a lot of good barbecue joints. First of all, um, Two Fat Guys, I feel like, is good. Oh, God, that place is really good. Angry Barbecue up in Belden Village is really good. Mission Barbecue in, in Belden Village. I haven't been there yet. Really good. Um, uh, and Not just good on ribs, good on all smoked meats there. I've, I had like the sampler platter last time I went. It was absolutely delicious. Ooh. You can get a beer there, too, from what, from what I remember. Ooh. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's that. Um, uh, you really like Hog Heaven. I love Hog Haven, dude. And that's the thing is like, these are all good places. Old Carolina is awesome. Yeah, Old Carolina is good. But if I'm picking the ribs, I'm probably going to have to go with Hog Heaven, especially since Mulligan's closed down now. Mulligan's had good ribs. They did. Mulligan's was good. Happy's Pizza has decent, has okay. pretty good ribs. I I, uh, I I like that place a lot, too. And they deliver, so all of a sudden, Sansbury's like, I think I got my winner. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, this is the sad thing about me. Is that it's probably a rack from more than one place. <laughs> like I can see myself. Like this is so who I am, right? Like I like I'll go to lunch today with my right. friend, and then I'll go home, kind of clean up the apartment. And I'm like, all right, it's almost dinner time. I could see myself calling and getting takeout from like three different places, 
and going home and having my own rib cook-off that nobody else cares about but me. <laughs> and just sitting there at the at like the living room you know, table in front of the TV going, well, dude, I got to tell you, I really like this one because the smoky flavor and the dry rub's really good from here. And next thing you know, like, I'm pretending like people are caring about my opinion. And in reality, it's just six racks. Just, dude, like rappers talk about racks. Your boy's going to have racks. I, yeah, it's bad, dude. Like, I feel, I feel the rib coming. Like, I feel, I said it the other day, not since Eve has somebody wanted a rib this bad. Just like, I need the ribs. $80 worth of ribs on his, on his kitchen table yeah, going Yeah, I mean, that is the one true thing about barbecue for sure. Hard. Like, that's the one true thing about barbecue for sure is that no matter where you get it, it's not necessarily cheap. Let off the eat. dollar menu for a reason, baby. That's high quality pork right it's there. It's it's really that's good. That's really good, man. Sometimes it's worth it. It's like toilet paper and ribs. You don't want to chintz out on either. No, yeah, things, it's a dude. good, wow. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. And they probably go hand in hand. They probably <laughs> We go hand in hand. Conservatives, you can rejoice. Uh, your biggest fear has said it's not in her DNA to run for president. Oprah officially taking herself out, saying, "Look, I'm not running, not in my DNA." And I think translation. You want? I'll I'll, I'll extrapolate her point. Okay. My life's too good. Yeah. And I'm looking at Donald Trump. Yeah. And there are going to be people who hate what I do while I'm in the office, just the way there are people who hate what he does. And I got this great life. And she's probably looking at him going, I bet there's a little regret there, right? But you left this amazing billionaire life, and now you're underneath this microscope. And I think maybe she thought, you know what? I got it pretty good. Why take this on? Seems like a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of work to me, and I don't know why I would have to do that. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised. I think this was all a pipe dream from the get-go, and I I think that people just wanted to believe it. Oh, you're saying pipe dream, people wishing it. Yes, just people people just, you know, all right, and and, and what was it? It was her best friend, Gail, or whatever, that gave, like, somewhat of a cryptic hint, and then automatically in our minds, that turned into, well, it's happening. Um, I also think part of the reason why is because you felt like you could counter that Trump star power with Oprah. And you could. Um, and I think a big part of the reason that, that Oprah decided not to do this too is like, I don't want to lose. Like, if I do, if I put all of these eggs in this basket, and it, this is the most unpopular president ever, reportedly, if I put all of my eggs in this basket, I put my balls out on the line like this, and I lose, what does that say about me? What does that do for my legacy, for my career, for all of that? So, like, no, I, I, I see less win here. You know what I mean? Like... Do you think she would lose to him? Um, I, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, because I, I, I first of all, probably because I, I, I thought that, you know, Hillary Clinton would win handedly. So, like, I don't necessarily think that Oprah, just her star power alone, would be enough to make her win states that Hillary Clinton didn't. Like, yeah, dude, would she get would she get the popular vote? I think that's very likely. But that doesn't necessarily mean that turns into a presidency for her. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I've said as a guy who did not vote for him that and I've been and I have said in, in months since that there have been times where his popularity is kind of going up and down where I felt like I know I've said for sure, like if you ran the election again tonight, I think he wins in a landslide. There have been times during this last year where I have said that. And I think depending on the candidate you put next to him, he could still win again. Like there, these people that think he's got no shot to win if he runs again next time. I think they're nuts. I don't think it's no shot. No, and we've not at seen all. Barack Obama's popularity dip and unfavor. We've seen those numbers dip. Now Trump is experiencing, but again, I just think, you know what I mean? We have there's more technology than even there were a couple of years ago, and we're we're regurgitating stories more and more and this and that. But you know, I heard somebody else say this the other day, and I think this is totally true because this is who the American people are. Whereas you can talk to me about all this negative stuff that he's got going on right now. But if you get the right piece of momentum at the right time, you give one win 
Like one right, win right time, near yeah. where we start to, you know, near the election cycle next time around, and he gets one major win where the country's like, oh, well, I got to tell you, that part I like, you could win again easy. Yeah, to, for people, I mean, uh, how how delusional, how naive, how how deep is your head in the sand if you think that he wouldn't be able to do it again? I mean, like, didn't you get proven wrong last time? Like, did, did did you take nothing away from that loss? Did you not take any, like... The hubris of thinking you're going to easily beat him again yeah, is, is, a li- is a little ridiculous. ridiculous. I, I would have to agree with that. We will have your shot at $1,000. And CNN yesterday offered you some relationship advice on what you might want to do to spice up your marriage, and people freaked out. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just died. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. You're about to get hooked up with a thousand dollars. Um, so the audience is very, very interested in the ribs report. <laughs> like they want it. Like <laughs> is we that had, what it's called? Now? Like we had a listener, Megan, was like, dude, if I don't get rib countdown like here, she's like, if I don't get a full report on the best ribs in town Monday morning, she's like, I'm gonna be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> Megan wants the ribs report Monday morning. So I feel as if now like I gotta do this this weekend. Sorry, boss. We can't do the rock report, but the ribs report, we got it covered, baby. All right, so we're bumping Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. You're getting the ribs report Monday at 8. Now, we mentioned one of the barbecue places was two fat guys, and a lot of people are hitting us up saying they have closed. Now, I had thought that what had happened was is that they had moved from the original location that they were at, and then they, they had reopened down the street. Now, that was a while ago. So I don't know if maybe if we've seen. Can you? Can, well, let's get the crack investigative team, Matt Fanto, looking into it. The website's still up. I know they moved from the building they were in, which is now Menches, yeah. into like what used to be a Mexican restaurant. Which Menches is really good too. But the the website's still up, so I don't know. Maybe maybe they did close shop, but I don't know. I oh uh, wait, I'm on their Facebook page right now. Is it done? Yeah, I think so. That's a shame. That place was delicious. Yeah, I think so. Wow. All right. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. It's all right. We still got plenty of rib options. Do people want this Facebook Live video of me eating ribs? And here's the thing. Ribs. I think you want it until you get it. Yeah, dude. It's like seeing how hot dogs are made. You don't want to do that. You don't want to see how how pork is made inside my body. You don't want it. <laughs> no, dude. Just pork loading up on pork. No, you, you don't need that, dude. <sighs> Like, I, dude, at some point today, I'm going to tell somebody, no, I have to do this. It's content. <laughs> no, seriously, it's content. Like, I got to do this. Sometimes we do have to do stuff that, you know, it's like, well, dude, you got to go. You don't want to go to this event, but you got to go. You got to talk about it on the show. But don't try and hide behind your job, dude. These ribs are yours and yours alone. I'm getting a heart attack for you people. <laughs> you think I won't? Cholesterol? Dude, I didn't land the cholesterol. Cholesterol landed on me. No, I uh, yeah, that that's bad news. And actually, dude, as I'm thinking about that, like I, this is probably not a joking matter for a lot of people, but having yesterday be the dad, the, the anniversary of my dad's death, I'm not sure if shoving meat in my body on that uh, is really the way to go. I uh, I saw you post about that yesterday yeah. on Twitter. Um, the thoughts, observations, what's uh, what's going on in the head there, buddy? I'll tell you the sad thing was, is, dude, I didn't even know until my mom posted about it, right? Which had me conflicted yesterday because I was like, well, am I terrible? Or am I moving on? Am I not allowing it? Now, what I will tell you is if you look at my life 
between Christmas and the end of February yeah. and things that have happened throughout the years in that time that definitely I go through a weird thing that happens because of died in January, birthday at the end of February, and Christmas is like that holiday where you realize like that person's no longer there with right. you, right? And so like if you look, when did I quit smoking cigarettes? January. When did I get my DUI? January. I would have to imagine that those were both things, a right. positive and a negative, that were happening because of some of the things that maybe I wasn't dealing with well enough. Um, and that were, you know, subconsciously, I probably, especially having lost that job right then and there, mm-hmm. and then dealing with that, with, with never, never really dealing with it properly, that that was some unresolved things and that led to some negative things there. Overall, outside of my mother's unhappiness, I'm all right. Like, I didn't find myself yesterday, I mean, don't get me wrong, I definitely reflected, I definitely thought about it, but I wasn't sitting there, like, all day sad. Like, I um, I ended up hearing from one of my buddies who we grew up, our families were very close, and he actually said to my mom yesterday that your husband was my favorite adult ever. Um, when we were growing up, and I said to him, I was like, "That's crazy." I was like, "That's how I felt about your dad, who has recently uh, recently passed." His dad did, um, but Ed and Marianne were my parents' best friends since high school. We were never not together. We went on vacations together, and so I felt that that was interesting. That there was that connection there between he and I and our and our fathers, and that we felt the same way about each other's dads. That was pretty interesting. Um, but I really tried not to. I, I go down the dad path a lot on the program, probably too much for a lot of you. And I just, I really tried not to go there yesterday because I, my life is good. Like I have the things I want. I'm working where I want. I live where I want. Um, I, I've, I've gone out of my way to make Canton my home. I absolutely love it here. And I've been doing a very, very good job recently of focusing on the positive. And I didn't want anything to kind of like throw bumps in the road of that. Because I feel like that's what he would have been saying to me. Well, I, I think you have a point there of... Yesterday, the anniversary of his death, don't get me wrong, every time that comes around, I'm sure that's going to be a day for you, but that shouldn't be the day. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's the birthday. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe, you know, but like that shouldn't be the memory where it's like this is, you know, at this point, I hope it does become a non-day to you where it's like, all right, this is when it happened, but it doesn't change what it was. Normally, his birthday, February the 24th, is... I use it as an excuse to go out and buy myself something I would normally never have and and to take my mind off it. I always call my mom on that day. I always call my brother on that day. Um, But I use it as an excuse to like reward myself with something. I don't know why because he was always on that. You're not working hard enough to like tip with me. Um, So I don't know why I do that. I've always had it in the back of my mind that I know the end of January is around when this happened. Um, I was at the Agora actually when I found out. I wasn't working there then. I just happened to be at a show. Um, and so like a little bit of that kind of comes in, but, but I was uh, ultimately yesterday, I felt happy about the fact that I didn't have the exact date still locked down in the back of my mind. I never even intended to bring this up actually. I, um, cause like I said, I, I, I'm sure I probably go back to the dad. Well, probably too often for some of you. All right, sometimes you throw the plan right out the window, buddy. Sometimes you do. Yeah, I tried to say that yesterday, and then you, you pulled the rug right out from underneath me. Fantone's going to be at Speedway tomorrow. Is this 11 to 1? Do I have this right? You betcha. And where are you? Uh, Middle Branch and Easton, the brand new Speedway in Canton right there, getting people hooked up with all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, check him out tomorrow after getting hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. 
You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Go. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Russell online at WRQK.com. And coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp, who is putting on, with some help of his friends, an anti-bullying event for uh, February the 8th at the Canton Palace Theater. We'll have some tickets for you. We'll pass those out. Yeah, dude's making a positive impact in the community, and anytime we can give him a platform to kind of come in here and 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 you know promote that, our pleasure, right? Or, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I like Lamar a lot. It's easy because he's good. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. sometimes you want to be involved with those kind of things, but people who are surrounded by a lot of charities and sometimes could be really dry. And they're worried about having a sense of humor around what they do because people want to be so serious about things all the time. Lamar's really good at be, about being playful and uh, and about being honest and giving you some good answers and stuff like that. So he's just he's just fun to be around. So it, it, it makes wanting to be involved with what he does easy. And he's a giant cop. And if he asks us for something, we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, dude. What are we going to do? Tell you no? Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Just whatever it takes to get one of those friends and family badges, right? Come on, dude. Your boy needs one of those. That's what I need. You know what, Canton? I need more authority. Yep, that's what he needs. I feel like if I had more authority, most people in this city, their life gets better. Find I don't know boy. how. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine how, but like, just go with me. CNN got dragged through the mud yesterday. Yeah. Now, they've been hit with the fake news moniker pretty heavily. All right. And I kind of talked about this the other day where it's like you can read an article from one outlet and then read from another and then read from a third and they all three got a different story on what happened. So somewhere along the line, I will say that fake news is happening. Yeah. And I think it's happening across the board. Yes. That's, that's the real point there is I'm not denying that it's happening. I'm just saying it's happening across the board. You know, I always say to people who want to laugh off fake news, I'm like, you guys pretend like Brian Williams never happened. I mean, fake news happens. Right. And I feel like it's probably better now than it's ever been. Like back in Cronkite's day, when you didn't know when you had no way to fact check anything you were just accepting information as true i think it was easier to lie to us then and when they knew they could get away with it they were probably doing it more yeah the fact that cronkite seemed more distinguished in it doesn't change the fact that it you know there was definitely opportunity to lie and i also think our mentality has changed i think if you would have asked people in my grandparents generation i don't know this to be true i'm guessing that if you would have asked people in my grandparents' generation that they would have told you it's not necessary for the average American citizen to know everything. Where now our mentality is, what do you mean? If it's going on, I have to know. Where yeah, I, I don't feel, know where I stand on that. I, feel I know like, what you're saying. But. I feel like a lot of people in generations past would have said, you know what? Sometimes they don't tell us everything because it helps keep us safe, and that would have been enough for them. Where now people will tell you, I'm not trading. I don't care. I want to know. I feel like some of that has shifted, all right? And I Fair. believe that all Fair. of that kind of goes into misinformation and all that kind of stuff. And people took a real big issue, especially people who are opponents of CNN, over an article yesterday that got posted that says cuckolding can be a positive for a lot of couples, a new study has come out and said. Now, for those of you that don't know what cuckolding is, Congratulations. <laughs> but what this is, if, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to summarize um, without getting dirty, is that this is a fantasy that straight people have, and it's normally sold to you as a man has this fantasy of watching his wife have sex with another man. 
And usually with cuckolding, it comes with like a degrading fashion too, where the other dude um, is your physical superior. Um, I think most dudes are like, you know, uh, larger, you know. Uh, it's it's I, sold to you in porn as you are unable to pleasure your yeah. wife, so you called me in to do it. D- different than like hot wife necessarily, where that's just like, hey, I want other dudes to bang my wife, I'll bang her too. This is there's a level of like of like degradation that comes with it. Um, share my wife sites have been huge in porn for a long <laughs> time. Um, I know cuckolding was like one of the biggest things to happen in porn over this last year, and I know we started to move this word into the political yeah, world. We called people cuckservative. And um, there were things like where people were just being where what like they were butting up next to Trump. And we were calling is, is that essentially oh, what we all, were saying? No, 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 no. It all started by calling liberals cucks. And then that turned into cuckservative because it was like oh, trying okay, to I didn't count, know that. It was like trying to counter that punch. No, but that's, oh, I, didn't that's know that. it, it, I mean, it really did all start in like the alt right saying like you're not masculine enough to appreciate President Trump because you're a cuck. Oh. Yeah, that's what, that's that's where it all comes from. I'm an alpha male, you're a beta male. That's oh. where it all comes from. Well, that makes more sense yeah, of how that that's, happened. That's where it all that's where it all started. Okay, I all right, I had been confused about that. Okay. So, CNN posts this study that says, "Look, if you have this fantasy that for a lot of you couples, if you're fantasizing about it that this can help you." And people viewed this as CNN's out to ruin your marriage. Jesus. And dude. what I will tell you guys is is that all of these News outlets, as I'm air quoting this, you got to realize, especially their websites, they no longer look at their websites as news solely features that they are now what they will tell you is, is that their websites are content providers and they have to be and not only because they want to be but because of what you want out of your websites meaning if cnn fox news and whatever were just solely hard core news facts here's the x's and o's of of the news you wouldn't read it right like we wouldn't watch it like we wouldn't right if there weren't puff pieces if there weren't lifestyle pieces if there wasn't sex and relationship columns you wouldn't click on these sites I, I, yes, one hundred percent. I my my issue here is like it's not like CNN didn't like this isn't their study. Like this is a study that came out, and so therefore is news somewhat worthy, right? I mean, like by by having new information be presented and and presenting that information to the audience, I think that's news. We can't pretend that sex isn't a big part of people's lives, people's lives, people's health. Like I, I think it's you know, and 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 as we've kind of evolved as a society, like we've kind of started to move away from like that fear of sex, and I think that's a good thing. I think we're moving in. Like, in the, in the right direction there. America's uptight about sex. Like, we do need to unwind a little. And I mean, like, cuckolding, not my thing, for sure. But, like, if that's your thing, I am okay with you reading an article about it and, like, oh, hey, I am kind of interested in this. And, like, go ahead. I, now, they go into about how it can help you. Now, what? Now, if I'm going to summarize this article, it's too long to tell you the whole thing. But if I'm going to summarize, really what they go into here is is that Exploring your fantasies, as long as you're not hurting another person, right. is probably going to help you in the long run. Oh my God, CNN, what with the devil? Being rep- wanting something sexual and not getting it from your partner long term is negative. Yeah, will be negative. Yeah. Now 
you what I would say there is that, that there's going to be steps. You can have that conversation with your partner and find out that they're not into at least expressing what it is that you're after or what you might find attractive. You might find a middle ground. Essentially, that's all they're saying here, right. which is explore your fantasies. Hey, I'm not willing to do this with you, but I will watch this pornographical movie with you that features that. And if that's what you want to like, if, if, you, if that's if that's what you want to role play as opposed to like us actually doing that. OK, and there you go. And there's the middle ground of like, all right, we've expressed our desires. If you can't have open and frank conversations about what you feel and what you desire, you're getting sexually, divorced. Well, I feel like it's a giant red flag in your relationship. You're getting divorced. I, I just feel like that is. That's that's a, it's going to happen. Lack of communication, lack of money issues, and lack of sex is the are the three things that break marriages up. But yet, it seemed to me like this is, and I will admit to you that I think CNN is one of those news organizations that gets a little wishy-washy with information. Okay. I agree that I believe they leave a lot of things out. There's definitely an agenda from CNN to be to, to highlight as many negative things about the president as they possibly can. I will meet you all the way there. Right. Okay? But I felt like yesterday this was, I'm not reading this. I'm retweeting it because, look, CNN is now the sex right. network. I feel, like, I feel like this was a little tongue-in-cheek by CNN, and they knew what they were doing here. This was kind of like a little jab at like, yo, f you guys. Like, you, like, you, like you want to say where you know, uh, you know, liberals and cucks and blah 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 blah. I think they knew what they were doing here. I mean, there's def. I mean, I, I don't know. I would have to imagine this was one of the most shared things they've put up. Yeah, non-president related. Right. In what a, a month? While. Yeah, a month. In a while. I'd say yeah. a month. I'd say that's fair. I will tell you that this has become. A bigger thing in online pornography, and it's weird a little bit. Like, I, I'm not going to judge your sexuality. Right. I'm into some weird things, right. right? If you guys saw my text messages, I would be embarrassed about that, like anybody else would be, right? But there, I don't know. There's something strange. I don't know why a guy would get off. And I don't understand a lot of sexual fantasies, but I don't understand what what you would get off on feeling as if you're inferior sexually than some dude you're going to pay to bang your wife. I mean, I think I think the feelings of inferiority is a big part of sex and like you'll see it all the time and like and it's not, you know, necessarily cuckolding, but like in a lot of different avenues Guys do want to give up that power. Guys do want to feel like they're they're powerless in a sexual situation. I guess there. my thing is is I bet most guys, if they're going to be honest with themselves, don't feel as if that they're good enough in bed. I know that's how most guys feel because you can hear by the jokes they say when they're all just hanging out together, right? right? Go watch any roast. What do comedians talk about? The fact that they all have all small penises. It's what Tommy Lee said at the roast. He's like, here's the one thing I figured out. Comedians all have small penises. And there's a little bit of that. And I would just imagine, why would you want your biggest fear reinforced, especially while you're having sex alone with the computer? It's 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 definitely a what I maybe was, what it is there with the computer is you're like I can I can let this out right and my fear of this only I have to know it. Um, embarrassment and shame are a part of sex and for sure that's and, true and some you know I think plenty of guys feel that way. This is just feeling that way, amped up and finding some enjoyment out of it rather than finding misery out of it. Is that right? That seems like it. All right. I just, I don't think you can drag CNN. There's plenty of things to drag their name through the mud on. I'm not sure this was it. Coaching legends, 
Jim Tressel, John Cooper, going to be speaking at the Palace Theater on Sunday. We have a pair of tickets for you. Those were given to us by our good friends over at the Wakeham Auto Family. We're going to take caller 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we'll talk a little XFL next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. We'll talk to Lamar Sharp about his anti-bullying event at 9 o'clock. He's going to stop by and bring a couple of friends with him. We'll get into that. Uh, that event will be February the 8th at the Camp Palace Theater. We'll talk to Lamar. So, uh, making the announcement yesterday, Vince McMahon says the XFL coming back. It'll be 2020 um, is when they're going to do it. And that right there tells me that Vince learned a little bit of a lesson. I feel like last time around they made the announcement, and if you actually watched the 30 for 30, like they made the announcement and then scrambled and tried to figure out right. where the teams were going, who the coaches were going to be, who the players were going to be. Right. I believe now what they're going to do is they're going to take a couple of years and figure this out. Um, I feel like that's a problem for them. I really do. And you I, do? I, 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 don't, I don't think it needs to be because you're right in that 30 for 30. You could tell that it was bumbled, at least partially because of that, because of the, the rush nature of it. Um, but what I'm going to say is doing it this summer makes far more sense than doing it in 2020 just because the NFL is exposed right now. The NFL has weaknesses right now. And if you wait two, three years and let the NFL get their arms back around a problem. And you've told them. And you've told them and you've given them this warning. If I'm Vince McMahon, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm not waiting. I mean, two years, dude. That's two years from now, 2020. Two and a half if it starts in the summertime. So, like. I hear they want to start it right after the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Which you can make the argument is like people, football fans are going to miss football. Although, doesn't summer seem better? To me, it does just because, like, right after the Super Bowl, I've been saturated with football. I went through an entire college season and I went through a professional season, and I'm good right now. I would say, I would say, like, you know, June. Our buddy Tony McGinty, who works in the building, said, Stansbury, if it's me, I put it the day after the NBA Finals ends. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Dude, you're in the doldrums of sports right there a little bit. Like, all that's going on right then is golf. And as the biggest golf fan in the world, nobody cares. No, yeah. Nobody cares. It's before baseball really gets, like, into their season, before it really gets underway. I know you've had games, but I mean, you're still early in that season, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right after the NBA Finals. You run run the ads during the NBA Finals. Right. A lot of eyeballs on that. I kind of like it. Um, People were asking me yesterday, does Canton get a team? And I say no. Um, I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I would prefer it. I just think now the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the NFL are separate organizations, right? Yes, they they, they are. are separate. I know sometimes people lump them together. They're not necessarily the same thing. As a matter of fact, they're not the same thing. They're, they're different. Not. Okay. But I think that the Pro Football Hall of Fame knows that the league probably not going to be happy about the XFL ultimately. And if they're going to put their eggs in a basket, now I'm just, this is speculation on my part, right? right? But if they're going to put their eggs in a basket, I think they're going to stick with Goodell and company and NFL. Yeah, no matter how you cut it, no matter what happens within the next, uh, what am I going to say, five years here, the NFL is going to exist. I cannot guarantee you that the XFL will exist five years from now. And it's it's two years from even happening, and I can't I can't guarantee five years it'll exist. So like, I, yeah, you can't do that. If it's me, I put it in Columbus if Ohio gets a team. You got the Crew Stadium down there, which makes sense. Okay. Yeah, you're not putting it in the shoe, dude. There's no way you're doing that. No, they wouldn't. I would. I would assume college football really doesn't want a lot of this. You know what I mean? College football is <sighs> going to try to distance itself. I bet. 
Yeah, you may see that. You, know? you may see that. I think it's going... I'll give you a couple of other cities that I think are going to have a good shot at it. I think Portland is a great choice. You got an NBA franchise there, no pro baseball, no pro football. You need something else. They're big into the soccer thing there. They, they have that. The Timbers are huge. But I think if you give them a little football, they're going to want it. They're crazy about the Ducks up there. I think there's a market there. I think Sacramento is another big market for the XFL. And I think it's going to see I think you're going to see it in moderate-sized cities like that that have NBA franchises, maybe a baseball franchise, but no professional football franchise. I think the XFL will look to stay away from where diehard NFL franchises are. Yeah, you don't need to go to Boston, but I think you do need to go to New York. I think you do need to go to Chicago, and I think you do need to go to L.A. Dude, you put an XFL team in Syracuse, Ithaca? Like you start going upstate New York, but, it's not bad there. But but then at that point, are you? Oh, you're lose, Buffalo, and you're losing. You're lo- but you're losing the point of like you got to get into those populated markets. You, like I, I do think that big cities is going to be essential for at least half the league. Yeah, you can do you can do Sacramento, but you also have to have Chicago. Like I feel like to not do that, you're you're, you're leaving too many you're leaving too many potential eyes out there. Yeah, because if, if I'm if I'm if I'm a sports fan in a vast or not even in the vast majority of the country, if I'm a sports fan in the biggest markets in the country, I'm never going to watch the XFL unless there's something for me to watch. It I'll for. tell you a big city that's going to have a team for sure, and it's because they had their team like ripped out of there is St. Louis. Yeah, look perfect. for look for St. Louis to get a team. For, I bet that's one of the original eight. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I mean, and, and that makes sense. And like you know, I um I, I think there's plenty of of areas in the country right now that would benefit from some sort of a professional sports organization. Like in the middle of the country, there's not a lot, and a big part of that's because population isn't there. But like you take like a Des Moines or something like that, and like where football, you know, the Hawkeyes yeah. are already pretty big. Like the Hawkeyes are big. That's that's going to give them something to rally around. So I tell people all the time that if you go from Colorado to California that in between though there's not a lot of professional sports so you see Broncos fans in between that whole region because the Denver Broncos are the only thing you got right I think if you start putting XFL teams in there you there there's there's markets the the only way that I see it happening in Canton and I I agree with you I don't necessarily see it happen for a couple of reasons but the 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 the, the only reason I would see it is Vince McMahon um and is a very savvy businessman, obviously, turned professional wrestling from what was a regional kind of like laughable thing into a multi-billion dollar like giant of an industry. Created like on-demand channels. Uh, got 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 his wife a job in the cabinet of the president of the United States of America. Um, dude's, dude's done his thing. He's, he's a savvy guy. There's no question about it. But he's also a petty guy and he holds grudges and he's not one to not give you a little jab in the side or an F you. The only reason I would see him doing some putting something in Canton is because it would be like this is where pro football was invented and now this is where pro football is reinvented the spite factor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he feels as if whether it's true or not I would imagine that Vince feels like the NFL contributed to his league fall oh, yeah. crumbling under. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, spite goes a long way. I mean, especially with somebody with a billion dollars and, 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 and you know, and an ego to go with it. Um, I, I, I remember when the XFL first came out, like, they were directly kind of saying, like, yo, F you, Paul Tagliabue, F you, NFL. Like, I mean. Calling him out. I, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I can remember Stone Cold cutting a promo there, and I was watching, like, the first broadcast ever earlier, and, like, you 
you know, I, I mean, he, you know, he mentioned that this would this would be different and this would be all those things. But he he's one to hold a grudge, so I just can't. That that's what gives me a little bit of like, well, maybe this will happen. The one thing that I, I will give Vince, and again, I feel like he's learned his lesson. He has said, look, there will be a complete separation between the WWE and the XFL. He learned that, like, look, dude, this can't be gimmick. Yeah, you can't have the Rock out there as the referee. Um, if I were him, I would put my superstars in the fan or in the stands. I'd be like, oh my gosh, and John Cena's at the game. I wouldn't have him hosting it. Well, yeah, I mean Nicholson's courtside at the Lakers game, but he doesn't he he doesn't handle the tip off. Right. Well, I mean, I'd be saying if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm saying no, Roman Reigns, bro, you are going to this game. I'm making you go to this game. You're just not going to be a part of it because why give that up? Why give that? Oh yeah, be seen at the event, and I think those guys would want to be around it. I think, you know, it's going to be less cheerleader cams, and it's going to be less that kind of stuff. I don't want them to get too far away from that, though. Like, oh, it's what ruined it. I don't I, I don't want it to be, like, gimmicky, but, like, be a little bit more aggressive. Like, don't be afraid to let those guys, you know, be, uh, like, that's what makes the NFL so boring now, and that people who are like, oh, well, it's too many rules, the no fun league, don't cut off your nose to spite your face there. Yes, you did, you overindulge in it, and that's why the XFL flopped. For but sure. Like, but, like, dude, I mean, have sexy cheerleaders out there, and let those dudes hit hard, and I don't know if I agree with like no, 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 nobody with a criminal record. I feel like I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, they've said nobody with a criminal record. They also said there will be no political views from your players. They will stand for the national anthem. Keep saying that, dude. I mean, you're gonna get your own audience just by saying. That. I don't know how you survive though, right? The narrative has been from the players that the NFL is racist because of the because of the resistance to some of this stuff. So now you're going to start a new league and tell players no criminal record and you're not allowed to do this? How are they not going to be tagged with the you're racist thing before they're even out of the gate? The NBA avoids it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it does. And they make their dudes stand. And like, that's true. You have a built in audience just by saying this because there's so many disenfranchised football fans right now who are like looking for another alternative there. And I think college, I bet you college football kind of filled that gap for them this year. But if you keep saying, yo, this is, you know, not by not saying like, hey, it's the MAGA league, but like if you're giving that little tip of the hat, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think people who were boycotting the NFL this year will will rush to this league just because it's not the NFL? I think they're at, at the very least they're going to say they will. You know what I mean? I bet you if you check right now, if you check these, you know, alt right sites and all this stuff, oh, they're I bet loving you, it. I'm sure they. Oh, are. dude, the Daily Wire was all over this yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they are. So he like, was all, dude. Ben Shapiro was all over this yesterday. Does that turn it into a success? I don't necessarily know. Does that turn it into ratings? But when it first comes out, there will be that like this is our league. Is for this sure. true? Did Vince say if you have a DUI, you're out? Not that I know of. I don't know what that criminal line is. I don't know if it's felonies. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that line is. I mean, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get? Like right. you're cutting off a lot of talent there. And if it's and that's the thing too is like we can look at this and say, oh, these guys are all gonna be elite, but these guys are all gonna be guys who couldn't cut it in the NFL. And there is gonna be a, 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 a talent gap. Oh, there. see, I wonder how true that is. Okay, because I, 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 what I will, th- what I do see happening is this: you got guys like we'll take a guy who's going to play in the Super Bowl this year, right? Nick Foles, sure, right? Who is widely considered to be a backup quarterback. Yeah. However, you'd be a star in the XFL, which goes to show you there will be that talent gap. So, yeah, but dude, I mean, the guy played well enough in the NFC Championship game, so it's in there. I think what I'm saying is I think the talent will be better this time around than it was last time around. 
I, I will agree with you, especially since they have years to do this. But at the same time, I think that's going to be one of the glaring problems is the elite football players in the world will still want to be in the NFL. And let's be real. I'm sure the money's going to be better there. In the NFL, yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, like, absolutely. The, the, the money's them. That money machine's been well oiled and operating for a long time. I know people were thinking Manziel's going to be the savior of this league or the face of this league, but how are you going to? You can't right. do that. Not not in this situation. I mean, and but and there you go. And there's already a problem right out of the gate. And I'm not saying Johnny Manziel's going to end up being like a star quarterback there, but a guy who would have been able to sell tickets and been able to give you some noise already. We're saying nope, can't can't have him on oh, this. Oh, Johnny's got XFL ability. Like, for what that's going to be, I think he would be the perfect guy to put in this. Although Vince is kind of telling you now, right? He's kind of telling you, I don't want a spectacle. I kind of want a legitimate football league. Now, there have been some positives that came out of the last XFL. That Skycam was totally from XFL that we use in all NFL games now. So Vince knows presentation. Like, if he knows oh, yeah. anything, oh, yeah. he knows presentation. It's all going to be about, you know what? It you, might, you know what you might see here, Fantone, is... A little big three aspect where a guy who probably should retire but can still play. Yeah, but playing in XFL. But, go, but going out and shooting hoops on a half court is a lot different than going out and, and going getting hit in the ribs. Right, and going over the over the middle with, you know, linebackers who are trying to get into the NFL, trying to blow you up, man. So like I think it's very easy. And let's look at how let's look at how successful that big three was. We were all excited about it, and then nobody watched it. Well, like, signed up for another year. There Paul Pierce is the, the that's the rumor Paul Pierce is gonna be the next big star to cross over and do it. Um yes, I would think that ultimately FS1 thought it was going to be bigger than it ended up being, but they are coming back for a second season. We may see growth there. I don't know. Um, I also think more sports fans like football. I think you're, there are more hardcore football fans than there are hardcore basketball fans. I like Munch's idea of if you're going to put them in these places, Columbus, Des Moines, dude, load them up with, you know, load them up with OSU with guys. guys. Right, load, and, that's, and that's how you would sell tickets. The hometown hero I aspect. Just, I just don't know if that's going to be like a viable option, especially if you're putting these, these you know, these places, in, are these these teams in cities outside of, I mean, can you, you can't field a Sacramento team. You know what I'm saying? You can't Right, not, not a Sacramento. Right. No, I see what you're saying there. No, you are right about that. Um, I think Portland is the perfect city. They're football hungry up there because of the Ducks, and they don't have a professional team. That's the one city that keeps screaming out to me. There in St. Louis, I think both of those are a home run. You could probably fit another team somewhere in Texas, in between sure. Houston, Dallas. There, Austin. a lot of f- football. Yeah, Austin would be a great yep. choice. Great choice there. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of all of that. Your shot at $1,000 is next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're live on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. And we are joined now in studio by our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp. He brought a couple of his buddies with him, Chris Downing, also Alec Wayne. And you guys are doing your Project Believe anti-bullying event. This will be February the 8th, Canton Palace Theater at 730 and we've heard a lot about bullying over the last few years. It's become a topic of conversation. Um, and I, I, especially right now with some of the things we've seen in Perry, that I'm willing to bet that a lot of parents are excited to see this happen and excited to see people who are out there to try to expose some of these things. Um, and I would admit that bullying is an issue. I guess I'm assuming I'm a lot like a lot of people that I don't, have a full understanding of how much of an issue 
And but obviously this is as you guys are coming together to try to put an end to this. Um, so what started that? Like how? Like how? Like how did we get here? Essentially, Alec, if you want to. Oh, <laughs> no! I'm calling you out. No, do you? Now here's the thing. Alec, Alec came into the studio. He's like, dude, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> Unprovoked, by the way. Nobody said anything to him. He's like, yo, bro, oh, go, man. go blue. And I was like, okay, well, I guess Lamar I guess, had that Patriots I guess, hat on. His yeah, third I guess I do that right underneath the bus, Alec. But anyway, um, long story short, uh, all three of us are big names in the community. You sure. Know what I'm saying so. You know, Officer Lamar Sharpie. He does one of the biggest toy drives. I mean, he really goes into the communities, not only as an officer to, to uh, protect and serve, but he actually lets these kids know, hey, I'm here for you if you ever need help. I always tell him that what I think he does is so important because I think so many people have a vision of the police as just the dude to kick down the door and arrest you. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I think showing youth in America that there's another side of the, the, I, I'm sure you saw this, Lamar. The other day in East Cleveland, um, a, a neighbor called about some kids being rowdy, and they ended up, they finding out the kids were just looking for a place to, for a basketball hoop, and they found one. Oh, and wow. the cop, instead of like busting them and throwing them out, said, you know what? I'm going to play basketball with you guys instead. Right. And I watched that video, and I was like, now those 10 kids, or whatever it was, now all have a positive experience with with an authority member in their community and not just some of the negative interactions that they exactly. may have. Exactly. And I think that's important. Exactly. It's, it's very important. But not, not only that, the kids see, see Lamar and they say, oh, I know I'm safe when they see him riding around. You know Fair. And they yeah. know they can walk up to him and they can tell other kids, hey, don't think this this officer is like this. Go talk to him. He'll actually probably give you candy or probably take you to Subway to buy you a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? So I got to get on that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lamar, pick me up. So yeah. Lamar, I mean, yeah. but, then, but then again, myself, I've been doing this a long time. You know, my bullying assemblies, my best friend committed suicide when we were 16. Oh, I'm sorry I to hear was, that. Um, yeah, I was on Broadway, did, did Stomp on Broadway for 10 years. Really? Now, yes, yeah, so for, for 10 years and left Stomp to do my own bullying assembly, my own tour. Now my own tour goes all over the United States. And not only that, you know, being the percussionist, one of the drummers for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Q-Sticks, that's a blessing in itself. So even the, my, my Q-Stick family has even helped me out with, with a couple of events as well. And then you got big Chris Downing here, who's known all over the world for, for, for Beachbody. Look at that you know man. You got a Look at that man. That's a, who, who else should I, I be right there? I done walked, sure, sure. walked in people's houses and seen them working out oh, to this dude. It. I'm like, that's my friend. <laughs> dude, no, now they, dude, they brought me a fitness DVD. It's almost to say, look, fat ass, no more excuses. Now, I, I, now what I will say is, is that I've, I find this to be an interesting point. Uh -huh. Is that I think it's going to be important for kids to hear an anti-bullying message from three dudes who look like they could beat up anybody in the world. <laughs> right? I mean, you guys are all in shape. You can tell weights are part of what you do. Please tell me they're part of what you do. If you naturally came out like that, I'm going to be furious with the maker. I, I was born this way. I got screwed. Your boy got screwed. Um, but, I, but I think that is important is because... Not, I don't want to be like, yeah, you guys look like bullies, but you do, but, but you do look like intimidating physical creatures, and I think that's important to maybe for some um, some smaller kids to be like, oh, not everybody that looks like that is is terrifying, right. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because if you go into a bar fight, you're probably not going to start with us. You're right. Like, uh, hey, little, little man, come on over here. No, no, yeah. But, but it goes to show you, you know, there's there's positive male 
influences and guys that are not resorting to violence, guys that aren't resorting on their brute strength to make a difference. And, and you know, and, and I think that, that that resonates with with students in particularly. Why do you guys think, you know, over the past 10 years, maybe a little bit less than that, bullying really has become top of mind? Why do you guys think it's different now? Why do you guys think it's worse now? Why do you think it's so front of mind for everybody? Well, it's a combination of, a, of many things. I think one of it is social media. It has to be social, social media. media. I mean, I even heard a girl, you know, they, they talk about oh, well, I didn't get this many likes, so I'm going to take it down. Right. And I'm like, you know, and like, I can't believe this and that and other. And I'm like, really? Is that what we're basing everything off of? Yeah, sadly, I think we are. I, it, I, it's so powerful. I, I was telling, it's good and it's bad. I was telling the story the other day that when I was in school, there would be things that would happen. And you'd go home and you'd eat dinner with your family and you almost had that pit in your stomach like, oh, what's tomorrow at school going to be like? Right. But at least I was in my room and I was the only one thinking about it. Right. Now what happens is you go home, you have that same worry, and then people are just instant messaging you and DMing you and telling you, and right. there's no escaping it. And I think it's leading to some depression. Now that's me not being an expert in that stuff at all, just assuming that. Right. But I think it'd be hard to deny that we're seeing some of that. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of it. And then too, you know, I think... You know, I look at it on this aspect, being a football coach, sometimes when with your football players, when you say, hey, you know, this is why your kid isn't playing, and your parents are coming like, well, my kid is better than this kid. And I'm like, or, or you get okay. kids that come to school that say, oh, you know, well, little Billy cussed out the teacher today. And you're like, no, Billy doesn't. Billy didn't cuss the teacher out, but yeah. Billy cusses you out at home. Right. So you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think some of that we have to address what our kids are doing at home more. And, and then I think it'll carry over. I agree that there's been a shift in I want to be my kid's friend mm-hmm. and yeah. ver- versus be my kid's role model. And um, you know, I talk about my parents on the program a lot. And I'll, you know, I'll tease my mom a little bit here and there, but I'm pretty serious about my dad. And was friendly with me. Mm-hmm. But I knew. You knew. Like, I knew. Friend. Like, right. he will get in that ass. He's not, he's not afraid to get after me if things don't go the way he wants it to go. And I feel like there's been a little bit of, well, I don't know. I mean, if I push my kid too hard, then they're, you know, going to be a school shooter. And it's like, nah, it's like a little bit of leadership at home. I think that's where it all starts is home, if you ask me. I think, um, I think it, it is a home thing. Really? I think, I think it's a disconnection between the, the, the parents and the kids. Not saying that, you know, the parents aren't necessarily doing anything wrong. But you figure a woman gets pregnant, you know, she, she's nursing this baby for nine months. She feeds him. She rubs her belly. She, she talks to the baby. The baby, the baby's born. She's either nurses or she's holding. The, the, the father holds and kisses the baby, all this attention. Right. And then somewhere in life they get distracted, right? Right. And then the kid feels this disconnection. Like you were giving me all this and now you're not. Right. But, but the parent is, is taking Wow. Deep. Taking for granted the fact that this is still my child. Dude, physique and brains. God damn it. God damn it. I have been sh- I have been short, dude. I was standing in the wrong line. I was standing in the wrong line. You're a kid and, and you get all this love and attention from your parents, right? Yeah. And as you get older, then there's outside distractions, outside influences that can dis- distract you from, from your identity. And your parents are distracted, and all of a sudden, what? You're lacking something. So you go to school, and kids are great at masking things. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a great point. Great that's a great point. So yeah. You don't even know what little Johnny's dealing with. Maybe his parents are going through divorce, that disconnection's there. He's got to release that emotion somehow. I don't have kids, but I but I would assume, no, and I can remember what it was like when I was in high school, or, and even elementary school, that if your kid comes home and you ask them how their day was, and they say, fine, that the opposite is true. Right, right. That that why are they only willing to give you that one word? Yeah, that there's right. probably it's on you to investigate right. a little bit more from there. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, you know, it's not just it's not. 
don't get us wrong. It's not the parents. It's also the, the kids got to do their part. Yep. Because I see parents reaching out to their kids and they just shut the door on them. You know, they just shut the door on their parents or their, and, and whatever feelings they may have. But and I talk, I talk to kids and I'm saying, why do you treat your friends better than you treat your parents? That's a good question. You think about how many friends you have lost over the years. Right, and who's going to be around and right. You think about how many friends you've lost over the years, but guess who's always going to be silent who's always going to be there? Your mama, your daddy. You got to look at it it from a multifaceted approach at this point, I think. I think that obviously, you know, school districts have responsibility in this. I think communities have responsibility in this. Parents, teachers, mentors, students, we all have a little bit of a role to play in this position right now. If you guys, if I could ask you, like, what as I as a community member, what's the best way, me as a parent, what can I do to prevent bullying and, and the problems that ensue from it? Maybe um, first and foremost, let's take the pressures off the schools and the teachers. The teachers are there to educate our kids, not raise them. Okay. Oh, I love I that love, answer. Yeah. I love that yeah. answer. And secondly, you know, the parents, like, we got to date our kids. Like, the father needs to date his daughter. You know what I mean? Take her out the, you know, lunch. Show her what it's like. Show her what a positive <laughs> relationship. How a man should be treating right, her. Right, right. Set an example. Yeah, the mother, you know, take your, take your son out, you know. Because you're his superhero. Right. Woman, Dude, Chris is like Steve Harvey. They could beat you, they could beat you in arm wrestling. Yeah. We have to give away this $1,000. Do you guys have a? Do you have the ability to stick around one more segment? I, I, got, a, I got a lot more questions. Let's, let's, uh, let, let's get people hooked up with this $1,000. We'll be right back with, uh, with Lamar Sharp and, well, half the community he brought in here with him. Next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love it. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. Did you know right now if you stop by Wakeham Kia, you test drive any brand new Kia and you get two Cavs tickets. Now, that deal is only good to the end of the month. It's about the 26th today, so you only got a few days left. Now, here's what's also going on at Wakeham Kia. They have the new Kia Rios for under $12,000. You can also get the new Kia Forte for under $13,000. they are also offering you right now on the Wakeham Auto Mile, 0% financing and no payments for 90 days on the Kia Sorento, the Kia Sportage, and both of those come with all-wheel drive. And like I said, you test drive any new Kia from the Wakeham Kia store, and you're getting two free Cavs tickets. Every new Kia also comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, meaning over the next 10 years, you're getting peace of mind over your new purchase from Wakeham Kia. You need any more info, you can find it online at Wakeham.com. That's W-A-I-K-E-M.com. Or stop by in person on the Wakeham Auto Mile. Test drive a brand new Kia from Wakeham Kia and get two free Cavs tickets. Check them out on the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Head up to Wakeham Kia. Do what I did. Save the Wakeham Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. I uh, must apologize. We are crammed into a studio that was not necessarily built for, uh, for multiple guests. Um, I've begged and pleaded uh, for some for some different arrangements in this building over the last four years. We've had some issues with people not being able to hear all of you guys. We're having a three, four guys share one microphone. That's part of the problem. Um, we've worked on a couple of things, and hopefully uh, we'll have... Um, We'll have better luck this time around. Now, we were uh, we were talking to Chris Downing before the break, and we were talking about bullying and how this stuff kind of starts, and I thought you had a great answer, and people were unable to hear you, but you had said that, that 
parents need to, that especially dads need to date their daughters and show them how a man respects women. And um, also then I would imagine then through that, your sons are going to see that and replicate it. Absolutely. I just feel that, you know, especially with the young ladies right now, they're, they're, they're looking for love. And most of that love they're looking for is the attachment they're you know, not getting from their father, you know? I uh, Well, they say, a lot of therapists have said that you turn into the parent of the sex you are and you marry the other one. Um, because those are those are your um, visions of of God and authority mm-hmm. from, from from early on, and I do believe that there has been a a loss of proper raising of adolescence in this country. Now I feel like that's what everybody my age starts to say, no matter what the generation. <laughs> these kids going to hell, right? But I feel like there is a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so as you guys are putting on this anti-bullying event, it'll be at the Canton Palace Theater, February the 8th, 730. We're actually going to pass out some tickets for that. Let me ask you, as if I'm a parent and I'm worried that my kid is maybe experiencing this or and or maybe the aggressor, mm-hmm. that what are some nonverbal signs my kid might be coming home from school with that I could pick up on? Because kids aren't going to be the most open to tell you everything. Is there ver- is there nonverbal cues I could see in my kid? Isolation is number one, in my personal opinion. Okay, when a kid is isolating themselves, always in their room, and just not very emotional. Because remember, I said earlier they're masterful at masking things. They are. They masterful. are. You're right I about think, that. I think isolation is is the first thing. I mean, Alex has been around a lot longer than me, a lot longer than me with this, you know, this type of subject. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna pass the mic over to him. All right, yeah, Alex, I'm I'm interested to hear your take. Was there a personal? Um, were you bullied? Is I can't imagine. I mean, dude, you're built like a house. Well, no, I mean, I mean, to be honest, my best friend Terry Ford committed suicide when he was 16. We were uh, we were best friends, Boy Scouts together. I mean, we were best friends since we was 11. Then my cousin. Terry Smith, state wrestling champ, um, uh, was walking down the street crying, and I was looking at him like, "What are you crying for?" Because Terry didn't cry; he was bigger than me. Sure, he was like, "Go in the house." He was like, "Go in the house," and then I go in the house. My mom's like, "What's going on?" We turn the news on. There's a there's a news reporter talking on the highway. I'm like, "What is this?" He's like, "Turn it to another uh, station." Turn on, and there's a lady sitting there talking on the highway, and they show some glasses. I'm like, what is this? And then my best friend's name uh-huh. goes across the screen, and I just uh-huh. talk to him. I took off sprinting to his house, went ran all the way to his house, and I, when I got to his house, seen all these cars uh, parked in the yard, to his catty corner. Yeah. I'm like, okay, something's up. Walked in, hugged his dad, you know what I'm saying, squeezed his dad. I said, y'all, I was like, y'all, y'all are messing around. He, I just talked to him. He ain't dead. Then I didn't know, I didn't believe he was gone until the, the day of the funeral. So I seen him in the casket, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, that that's what I don't even want to talk about anymore. But I get that. my experience... I'm an African American male. Was I was in an all Caucasian school. Right. There was like 16 of us, so I got called the N word all the time. Sure. But never to my face. I got called it to my face one time and threw a kid through a filing cabinet. You know what I'm saying? But then that was it. After that, we was popular, but they did racist comments down the hallway, so we sure. couldn't get them. So long story short, if parents out there listening right now, get into your kids' business. Give me that phone right. uh, combination. You're not, you're, you're, not, you're not 17. You're, you're not 18. I say this all the time. That, pa- that parents will write in or they'll message me on Facebook and they'll say all this stuff like, I'm worried about snooping on your kid. It's not snooping. No. It's parenting. You it's li- your job. Yes, you live in my house. Anytime we went, my, like my grandma, I mom. I had no privacy. Dude, yes. My dad would take my Man. bedroom door off the hinges <laughs> whenever the hell he felt like it. Man, like, look. It's my room, Dad. <laughs> right. And he would say, it's my house, Dan. Man, and he look. would take the door right off. Man, just open the refrigerator. Boy, you didn't pay for nothing in right. this. 
right. south, right, right now. Right. So, so I mean, just like Chris said, there's different experiences. With I don't have no, you know, biological kids personally, but Chris and and, and uh, Lamar have children. I think, I think, just from what I've seen and what kids say to me after my school assemblies, after my bullying assemblies, say, "Man, my dad don't love me." Or there's a kid, like I said before, there's there's children who come from a maybe a poor house or not so much money where their mom's working five different jobs and has five kids, but she shows every single kid so much love. Then you got this other kid who comes from rich and gets all the Jordans, all the name brand stuff, right. but their parents are too busy to pay attention to them. Yeah, that's so a then, problem. So then the kid who doesn't have the Jordans come to kid come, comes to school and looks at that kid's like, man, I'm about to take them and bully him. Then that kid is so mad that his mom and dad don't pay attention. He comes to school and tries to get on Madison Mills, but he's like, yo, don't get mad at me. We're on the same page. I wish I had your mom's love. I wish I had your material things. So all kids got to do is just talk. Is is meet in the middle. I um, here's here's the question I have for you, Alec. As we're talking anti bullying, is that if you were to ask me as a forty year old man now, if I were a bu- if I was a bully in high school, I think my instinct would be to tell you no, of course not, right? Yeah. But if I was to ask people maybe who I went to high school with, their answer may be different. Mm. And so I'm leading you down the path to talk to me about. If you're a kid listening now and you don't think you're bullying a class member, but maybe you're doing something you don't think is negatively affecting somebody, like like what are some small, maybe, I think when people think bullying, you think hitting, shoving you in no. a lock or something like mm-hmm. that. What are small indicators of this that people might be doing that they don't realize they're doing? Bullying can be like, hey man, I got these, uh, I just, uh, I scored a touchdown yesterday in my game. Oh, only because the, the linebacker tripped and fell, but whatever you say. Stuff like small things like that. Right. Small okay. things like nitpicking things that that can drive somebody crazy but now it's social media it's social media it's cyberbullying social media you can kids have committed suicide from kids just typing something on their on We've their wall it. and make there's, no yes, right. there's, there's no denying yes there's no denying so if you think you're born like I tell people you crumble a piece of paper up you crumble a piece of paper up you keep crumbling I told a kid I was like get the wrinkles out of that paper in one of my shows he's like he's like brother Alec I can't I'm like see this even though I laid the paper out, and you try to get the wrinkles out, this is how somebody feels 20 years later after they've been bullied. They're still wrinkled. They're still scarred. But after you rip the paper up, I told him to rip the paper. He's like, he started ripping it up. And I was like, now look at it. It's all worn out. And they're smooth and polished, just like sandpaper. Sandpaper gets all broken up. And then the wood is what? Smooth and polished. So when somebody bullies you, you get smooth. Unless you're willing to fight. Unless you're willing to fight and never give up. I tell kids, don't give up. Don't let them smile at people. Even you, the D, even yoga, right. even you guys smile at people when somebody don't like you and watch how they flee away. That yeah, is time true. and time again, you can see that <laughs> happen. You can, man. I mean, that's <laughs> life. Like, there's no better way to beat them. Um, a big part of bullying and conversation, I know, goes into well, we don't want our our children to be victims. We don't want our students to be victims. I have a question though of how can I prevent my student, my child, my son from being the perpetrator? How how do I as a parent prevent that from happening? Teach but, humility. You know what? Yeah, that, that's that's one of the things. And I think, too, it's little things. Getting out and volunteering time. Right. Letting kids see that there's people who are less fortunate than they are. Right. You know, and I think that's something that, that helps. Because, listen, I was a kid that had two pairs of jeans and three shirts. Okay? And I used to take my cousin's uh, clothes because they had the nice stuff. You know, and I used to take that because kids used to pick on me. Yeah, you know, and I had the butterfly collars because I like fresh prints. You know, yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> my, uh, the button uh, line was tight. Up, we yeah, get it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I, that's what my mom thought was cool. And I used to go to the shoe shack 
and I had to go pick out these plastic shoes. And I was the only kid that when I was on the basketball court, my shoes sound like stilettos. <laughs> you know? And they were, right. Did I feel like bullying you now? Right. <laughs> but that, listen, but, but that's, that's, that's how it was. You know? I, I would agree that I was raised by a minister, right? And so he believed heavily in working in the community, homelessness issues, uh, you know, uh, hunger issues were big. And he was big in the, and in, in back then I was a teenager, so he had to drag my brother and I to do it. But one of the things that I can, and he's no longer with us, that I can, that I remember him saying is that if your, if your hand is closed to give, it's it's not open to receive. And that I feel like that is is a mentality that needs to be taught more. And you're right. I think if you get kids started early in helping people who have who will not have the opportunity to give them something back, that you realize that the world does not revolve around you and your problems. Right. That if if kids if more kids start to figure out that the world's bigger than them, bigger than their street, bigger than their school, that maybe they won't feel the weight of all of it. You know, I challenge, you know, one of the things when if you look at us and everybody say, you know, I like can't you help say, but look right, at the three. Right, of you, dude. Right. And you look at us and you say, OK, these guys, they, they look big. They look bad. None of us are bullying anybody. So I always challenge if you're a kid and you're listening to this, I say, listen, I say, if you, you want to be cool to us, you want to be the cool kid and if you're the popular kid. Once you go help somebody out. Once you go sit with somebody that may you've ne- may have never talked to and go sit with them and, and form a relationship with them. They may not be in your, you know, what you, you know, normally hang out with, but at least extend that hand of gesture and say, hey, listen, I'm here, you know, and if you need anything, come talk to me. And then you will see it start to grow. It'll all, start to grow. All it takes is that first push. And I think a lot of people are, are nervous about being that first mm-hmm. person to show empathy or yeah. that first person to extend the hand. But all it takes is one person setting that example, good or bad, and it can change everything. I think uh, one of the things that's happened negatively in this country for children is we have reduced our interest in physical activity. That's coming no. from somebody who's wildly overweight, yeah. right? But I think the the removal of like gym type classes and some of the schools you can't play sports and the pay to play. I think if you if kids were more physically active, just childhood obesity, feeling bad about yourself and your right. body. Yeah. There's part I of mean, the issue, yeah. but also you're working out some of this right. energy demon that's inside mm-hmm. of you that you might be using the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That if you get worn out through pushing a sled in football practice or yeah. running sprints in basketball practice, that 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 I don't know. I think there's a correlation there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely one. I look at it, coaching high school football, the numbers are down. You know, the numbers yeah, are down right. because, and some people just like, well, I don't want my kid to play. He, you know, but then your kid sits at home and play video games all day. You know, oh, so and, and I've listened to some of my kids and I'm like, and I have to check them. I'm like, who are you chatting with talking like that? Or they, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like right. they're bullying on the video Oh, games. God. I tell people all the time, oh. like, as a matter of fact, and I feel like this is important right now, um, as we're joined by three, four, rather, sorry, African-American gentlemen who could all pick me up and shake the change out of my pocket. But I, <laughs> but I, feel, I feel like you'll hear people say this, like, racism is over. And I tell people all the time, dude, you go play Madden online and tell me racism is over. No. Like you sit in those things and the words that people will use and it's because they feel like they're Anonymity, anonymous. Yeah. yeah that, that, that all of a sudden, and that makes it worse to me. Like if your thing is, well, nobody knows who I am so I can say this, that that's who you want to be all the time. And I find that to be, well, awful ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so I think this, what you guys are doing is important. Um, now I'll ask you, cause I, f- I feel like all three of you have probably played some, or I know L- L- Lamar played college. 
college football, Kansas, and all that. You guys are all physically fit. I'm willing to bet some organized sport somewhere along the line was part of what you did, right? So is there a difference between hazing and bullying? I'll go first, Chris. I'm going to get this out the way. Hazing is 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 kind of the same thing. I'm, well, I'm coming. I'm a, I'm in. A, I'm I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. I have a brand. I, I have a burn mark on my arm. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes, of course. We got paddle. You know what I'm sure. saying? You know that's. But people say some people get haze. Some people pledge. You know what I'm saying? It's both. It's both. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna. You know, I love my fraternity. I love everything about it. So there's a little bit of difference than bullying and hazing. I think when you're on a football team, you get haze, kind of like, hey, boy, you're the freshman on the team. Blah 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 blah. You have to show us that you're ready to hit. Shows that you can run the ball. Blah blah. Shoot the ball. Whatever. But I believe a lot of people. I believe a lot of people have to get the freshmen, the young, the young ones coming into sports. They have to haze them a little bit to get them tough. I'm not saying that they hate them because after they get done doing it, they're they're teammates and they're friends. Bullying you, you hate them. To me, when I was growing up, and, and and I didn't play a lot of organized sport, I was too lazy. But to me, and we've seen it in the military. There's a little bit of a hazing aspect that happens in there, and it seems like it, you know it builds you know unity in there. To me, hazing is, hey freshman, you're carrying all the shoulder pads, versus we're beating you in the shower. Like right. th- that to me, those aren't those are separate things. And and I think a little bit of hey, you carry all the shoulder pads for the upperclassmen is okay. Putting your hands on somebody, not okay. No. Right, Chris? No, can can we meet there? Not okay. No, I think one of the biggest things right now is, you know, when we were younger, hazing was was okay. It was a sense of like, are right, we proved ourselves. Makes you a man. Right. But but nowadays, like, these kids have different problems. We, like, we didn't have social media. We didn't have it's the fair. influence. I mean, you know, where I grew up, there was no bullying. We just got in a fight, and then next day we played pickup basketball together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now, that's true. But, but yeah, but now it's you know things are different. Things are magnified, and so these kids. What, what, what I would love to see come out of our event is I want to see our kids start dreaming again. No one talks about one day becoming a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, professional athlete. Everything's all about what kind of shoes you have on, what kind of car you drive. I want to be a YouTube of- star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, I got signed from Beachbody from YouTube. That's I mean, crazy. I mean, <laughs> a, 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 lot people, a lot of people have a hard time seeing beyond today, especially young people. And one of the things I've kind of learned is I've, as I've mentored with Project Rebuild is like just convincing them that their decisions matter on a day-to-day basis is a really hard thing to do because to them it's like dude no matter what I do good or bad it's gonna end up bad it's gonna end up negative whether I go to work or not it's gonna be bad so why would I even bother doing good just to convince them that you know what you think what you say what you do all that matters and it matters today it matters in the future that's a hard thing to do our kids have to start thinking about what it is you want to do in life and yesterday I, I, I do mentoring on Thursdays at the middle schools in Kansas City, and I, I asked the kids at Crenshaw, I said, hey, listen, what do you want to do? And they say, hey, I want to be in the Marines. I said, well, okay, now what do you want to do? What is your backup plan? I get kids all the time, I want to be an NFL player. I want to be this, I want to be that. I said, okay, but when that ball deflates, what are you going to do? And, I, and a lot of well, kids... Well, job looks easier, but I can do that. <laughs> and I'm like, kids, the, kids aren't really thinking about tomorrow. No. They're not thinking about their future. No. And that, I think that's part of it, too. If you start saying, okay, this is what I want to do. These are a couple of things I want to get involved in. I want to start working towards Shorter-term it. Shorter-term goals. Yeah, but the, these kids are just like, I'm fly by the seat of my pants. My parents are going to take ter- care of me until I'm 50 years old. Like... I, I here, here's what I got to tell you guys. I'm running out of time with you. Your your, your event is February the eighth. It is at the Canton Palace Theater. Uh, it's it's a Project Believe anti bullying event. And here's what I can tell you: 
is that talking to you guys for the last 25 minutes, I'd run through a wall for any one three of you right now. <laughs> so you guys, you all got the personality, you all got the thing. I think you're the right guys to send this message. And again, I know maybe I know you, Lamar, obviously know a little bit what's been going on with Perry. And I know there, I do a lot of parents from that neighborhood have been reaching out to me, telling me they feel helpless right now. There's been a couple of suicide six, I believe it was, and they're just feeling like what is happening here right now. And I, I, I can't imagine there's ever been a more important time for this community to hear this message. So. Luckily for us, you have given us a pair of tickets. We're going to pass these out right now. This is for February 8th at the Canton Palace Theater for the Project Believe Anti-Bullying event. We'll take caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625. I want to thank Alec, Chris, Lamar, and I'm sorry, my man, I didn't get your name. Rashad, Rashad I want to thank I want to thank I want to thank all four of you for stopping by, spending Thanks, some time guys. with us. We'll talk to you again next time, Lamar. Thank you know, you anytime yeah. you want, man, you got an open door policy, and we'll be right back to close out the program next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. I apologize, guys, you're not getting your Friday audio highlight reel right now because uh, we just went a little long with our anti-bullying guys, and I feel like that message more important than Melinda Brown Duncan. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, uh, I feel like a little bit more important. There, but uh, Lamar Sharp was a great dude. Chris Downey, Alec Wayne, uh, we're all great. Um, February 8th, Canton Palace Theater. Those tickets, I believe, are still available at the Canton Palace Theater box office. Um, what an important thing to be doing right now. Right. You can also find Fantone tomorrow morning, yeah. 11 to 1. You'll be at the brand new Speedway, which is where exactly? Middle Branch and Easton right there. 11 to 1, I'll be there getting it hooked up with a ton of awesome prizes. Speedway getting you hooked up with some great specials, including uh, discounts at the pump, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I've got a VIP package for tomorrow night's game when it comes to the Canton Charge. So you'll be sitting courtside. Uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, all you got to do is come out to Speedway, see me. I'm getting somebody hooked up. Dude, you're up. busy this weekend, man. You got a charge yeah. game tonight. Yeah. Speedway tomorrow during the yeah. day. Charge game tomorrow night. Dollar dog night tonight, uh, too, baby. Dude, time to go hard in the paint. Uh, hard in the paint. Dude, something I could beat Kendrick Perkins at. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Perk's pretty big, bro. Dude, the last charge game I went to, Perk's he, pretty big. he was getting in the ref's ear, and the ref just tur- Dude, Perk was in street clothes. And he was getting all over the ref for blown calls, and you saw the ref. He turned around, and was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Like he just <laughs> he wanted he wanted no piece of perk, man. No, all sorts of basketball action. So uh, if you guys see me tonight, say what up, and uh, hopefully I will see you. What do you got going on this weekend? Nothing. What's the stories? Nothing, and I'm happy about nothing. It. No, I, um, I I'm having lunch with a friend today. Okay. Uh, my friend Jessica is going to come down do a Canton day tomorrow. Right. She hasn't been down here in a while, so it'd be cool to hang out with her. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably get drunk tonight and start texting people I shouldn't. A rib fest 2018 is what we're really all concerned about buddy you need to, you need to figure this out so instead of getting three different places one day <laughs> i think i've come up with a better plan where what i get ribs today ribs tomorrow ribs sunday now it's going to be hard to compare when you don't have them all in front of you ah reflection period okay. i feel like dude i do your voice here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take notes right. and no pen no nope. i'm just gonna do write them in sauce <laughs> right on a pad of paper next to my uh, right next to the table there and uh dude yeah i'll have the sauce pad i don't know which three you're going with um I've, i gave you the recommendation of hog heaven i really like those. I think Mission is a good pick for you. And Ed's Smokehouse, right there on Cleveland, kind of behind the Civic Center. Um, you know. Oh, I bet that's good. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say to you, dude. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would, I would, I would try all three of those. I, uh, I, I feel like that might, that might be, that might be a solid area <laughs> to you get that. I, uh, yeah, I don't feel like I'm explaining that one any further than that. We do have Queens right tickets to end the program with. We'll take caller 15 right now. One eight hundred. 243-7625 on those. Aside from that, Teresa will have your next opportunity at $1,000 at 1010. Make sure you're listening to her for that. You guys have a safe weekend. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station.
Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. When you get in a 